Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Ay 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 206, Ranger Merch Review, Boom Studios Power Ranger Comics Part 13, Power Rangers Universe, recorded on November 5th, 2022. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to Ranger Up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm Ro, also known as Rollover Queen. I'm Callum from the Lightning Collective Podcast. I'm Tyler, also known as Tyler MC. And I'm Dr. Ben, still free agent. What will love a dub dub? Eric can't put me down. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Ranger Command PH to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Charles D, Chris P, Steve F, Steve M, AJW, Jacob P, Tyler B, Tyler W, Leland D, Charlie N, Brian M, Craig M, Liz M, Mason M, Steve R, Hassan A, Josh P, Derek G, and Teresa B for supporting us this month. Remember, you can go to link tr.ee slash Ranger Command PH for all the links to the show and where to listen, as well as our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.com slash shop slash Ranger Command PH. And we're back. Yeah. It's been a while. Our last comic review was in May. But we're back and we're covering all of Power Rangers Universe, the six-issue limited series that was from late 2021 until earlier this year. Yeah, we're going to dive right into it. But first, just a little house cleaning. Definitely check out the Ranger Command interview, the episode before this, episode 205, with Ryan Parrott, where we discuss Charge to 100 and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 100. So it was a fantastic interview. We're recording this in the past, so it's actually not out yet. But by the time you listen to this, it'll be out because this is pretty much Ranger Command's comic month. November is comic month on the podcast. So we got some more comic related stuff coming out as well as another comic review. I'll be talking with James from Mostly Speak and Sentai to review the Power Rangers and Godzilla crossover. So lots to look forward to there. Eric, you're really starting the month high and then get lower and lower and lower (laughs) in my (laughs) quality of the comics, my dude. Uh, we will go out with a high note because at the end of the we'll have our extra episode where we'll review more of season two of Dino Fury, which is definitely a highlight. By the way, I just want to say yeah. I um I finally actually watched all of Dino Fury. Oh god. Good. I was so gonna ask funny. you, what'd you think? Yeah, I loved it. It's now like in the upper echelon for me in terms of the seasons. Did you watch all of it, including season two? Yep, I watched all of it. Awesome. It's so good. It's such a fun season and it reminds me of Dino Charge and like how much I loved Dino Charge. Yeah. Um, just in terms of like the tight knit characters and everything like that. And I know that it's tough to do serialization and there's rules mm-hmm. from up top, but like they somehow made it work while still keeping each episode fresh. There wasn't any filler, you know, there weren't any of the holiday episodes or anything like that. So yeah, no, I had a I had a lot of fun with it. Can't wait for Cosmic Fury. Yeah, I think we're all pretty 
pretty pumped for that. I'm just curious to see what they're doing. And it's crazy that they're literally filming right now as we record mm-hmm. this. Like they, they're filming 10 episodes. Supposedly it's regular length episodes. And I really liked, I mean, we're kind of off the rails, but sorry, <laughs> but no, 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 but, but, but Dino Fury, I just, I I've really enjoyed the past couple seasons and I really like the cast. I think they gel well together and the characters really grew. So I'm excited. We're getting 10 more with this team. Yeah. And I'm just really excited for the possibilities for season 30. Does the 30th anniversary actually tie in to the special? We have no idea. Okay. Supposedly no is the whispers that I'm hearing, but uh, you know, they could be lying. Yeah. Studios do that. Like, can I ask some clarification, please? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so is Cosmic Fury and this special, is it a separate thing? Like, what's up? So they're separate, but there's rumblings that it could tie into one another. Like the story, either the anniversary special airs first and is kind of a bridge to Cosmic Fury, or it's at the end and it's its own separate thing. But as far as we know, they're completely separate. But it's kind of a coincidence that they were down there in New Zealand filming. There was an overlap there. I wouldn't be surprised if it acts as a bridge that stands on its own still. The only thing we know for sure is that the special doesn't count against the number of Cosmic Fury episodes. Right. It's totally separate episode counts. So the 30th anniversary special with the MMPR cast, that's supposedly a 45-minute double-length Okay. Episode type of thing. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. That blew my mind with the SPD badge on Adam. I mean, SPA, 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 SPA. They're going to the spa. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to spas. That's why, that's why Billy looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. He's refreshed. He's back from Aquatar. (laughs) So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm super excited for it, but yeah, cosmic fury is like the 10 episode thing. So, so they're separate. We just don't know if there's going to be like a little link between the two. Okay. So, all right, but we're here to talk about power Rangers universe. So power Rangers universe was originally announced on August 20th, 2021 last year where Boom Studios announced a brand new limited series. And the original announcement just said the artist, which was Simone uh, Rigazzoni, uh, that will dive into the deepest origins of the Power Rangers, exploring hidden secrets of the universe like never before. And basically it says, what is the true origin of the Phantom Ranger? What is his connection to the Morphin Grid? From the moment he first appeared 24 years ago, fans have wondered about the origins of the powerful and mysterious Phantom Ranger and how they tie into the greater Power Rangers universe. Questions which have never been answered until now in the game-changing series event that no Power Rangers fan can afford to miss. And Daphna Plebin, senior editor at Boom Studios, said, from the very start of our partnership with Hasbro to bring the Power Rangers to life on the comic book page, we always knew that we wanted to explore many more phenomenal teams and worlds in Power Rangers universe. Now, thanks to the incredible success of the ongoing series and enthusiastic support of fans and readers, we're realizing that years-long dream by delving into untold stories fans have been clamoring for. Time out. Time out. Time out. Hey, Eric, how much of this did we actually (laughs) learn about the Phantom Ranger? Well, I mean, we didn't know his name, and that's a joke. Like, he even says, hey, guys, I have a name. It's, and they, like, he gets interrupted. 
Yeah, I, I mean, made a note of that. They're jerks for not asking this dude's name for yeah. like the entire series of issues. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they call him whatever your name is. And I'm like, you know what? You I'm kind of glad, <laughs> glad we didn't get his name because his name would have been as ridiculous as their names. Mm. <laughs> They're all unpleasant people. Like um, when one of their friends comes back from the dead, pretty much none of them say, are you okay? Only his brother says, are you good? And he keeps asking, are you good? And everyone else is just standing there, just chatting about what's going on. It's like, just, just comfort him for like five minutes and then you can get back to like solving your issue. But like, yeah, that really yeah. bothered me. Yeah. More of masters or a society of psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, that kind of ties in because in the end of issue five, when they're starting to get corrupted by dark specter, like all of these deep seating issues come to light. Like, you know, Ori's pissed off that no one's visited her or them. And like, Sorry, I want to get the pronouns right. So Ori is, you know, mad that they haven't seen them in a whole year. So, I mean, there's a lot of issues that come up. There's a lot of like interpersonal relationships and kind of conflicts that they explore with these characters. But but we'll get into it. I mean, Dark Spectre's not wrong. They they all yeah. need therapy. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mm, and that's why yeah. they were so easily corruptible. So when they made this initial announcement, there was really no writer attached to it until like four days later when they announced the complete creative team, which to me is like, did you want to do two announcements or couldn't this have been one announcement? Right. So I think uh, originally because there was, there was, I, I remember that there was a delay for this uh, for these issues to come out. Like they originally announced it was supposed to be like October of that year, but it ended up being pushed. I think the first issue was what in December or yeah, November. I so, yeah. I think it was around December. If I remember correctly, right. that sounds right. And yeah. and it was pushed back a little bit. So I think this whole mini series was supposed to be run by Frank Gogol who did edge of darkness. Let's call mm -hmm. a spade a spade. It was. Yeah. But they, they never confirmed that, but they didn't confirm it, but there's enough evidence that points to it. The biggest evidence was because Frank Gogol wrote Power Rangers Unlimited Edge of Darkness. Uh, that was also drawn by Simone Rigazzoni, which I thought his art in Edge of Darkness was better than his art here for Universe. Agreed. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think his artwork took a dip in this series. Like I just, I read the whole complete PDF, my press copy of the hardcover that's coming out. If you have not read universe, I don't know why you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. Cause we're going to be spoiling the hell out of it, but we've said on this podcast and, and these reviews before you get a whole completely different experience reading it in trade from month to month. Yep. I literally, before this recording, I spent the last two hours reading the hardcover and it worked for me reading it all at once, like month to month, you, you forget. And, and we've said this time and again, like, obviously I want to support the comics month to month and I have to review a month to month just for, for my reviews, press access for boom. So I have no choice, but to read them month to month. And looking back at some of my reviews and some of my early thoughts, like I was 
quite harsh on this series. And it just, it completely changes when you read it all in one sitting because you're able to just flow right into the next chapter. Yeah. I think I texted you when I first read the first issue, I had a very visceral reaction. Oh yeah. When I, when the first issue came out and I wanted to throw it across the room. I've never had that experience reading anything in my entire life. And I've read star branded Nighthawk. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's just, I've read the worst of the worst that Marvel has put out. This somehow topped it. Well, issue ones are hard. Admittedly yes. issue they ones. Are. They have to introduce you to a whole cast of characters. What we think is a new planet, um, mm-hmm. a new society and like a plot all within like a very short amount of pages. Right. Which is why I think, you know, reading the trade is a bit better in this situation because, you you know, they're playing a lot of catch up. Yeah. This book just doesn't work issue to issue. No, it just doesn't. No, it doesn't. And the only saving grace of it being individual issues are the Dan Moore covers. Yes. 100%. Yeah. But that does not forgive anything. And I'm still going to be overly critical of it. Of because course. it was it's four ninety nine per issue. That's ridiculous. Because of the development of the book, reading it back to back, I could really tell what was established already before the development sort of went to hell, and yeah. then um, mm. when the new writer came on board and sort of um, did her own thing with it. So it did get better, but it still wasn't great for me. Because my comic shop is ages away now. I can only get my comics sort of mm. once every three months. So I already had like five or four issues in the bank. And when I read them all back to back without he- I didn't hear anything on how it was received. Sure, sure. Um, I was mm-hmm. really disappointed. But fine yeah. like having the other two issues now and reading them all in one go, it does get drastically better, but it's still not it's still, still not. Yeah, it's yeah. still not fantastic. And and from um, from my thing is, I probably went from like a three out of ten to like maybe a six out of ten, which which isn't great because I still have my own individual issues with some of the characters and how things were perceived. But it still is an improvement over reading it month to month. Yeah, I'm probably at a one out of ten. Honestly, like that's not me being hyperbolic or anything. Like this was a one out of 10 series for me. Even after reading it back to back. But now it's more of a five. Okay. See, it's improved. It's improved. I think I have the highest one. Honestly, like I reread this. Actually, I read this for the first time and I finished it like three. So you didn't even do month to month row. You just did it in one go. Yeah, I just did it in one go last night. Cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bro's busy. He's reading like tons of comics every yeah, month. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, I, I read it all last night, and um, you know, you've got the freshest perspective. Yeah. yeah, and I'll be honest with you, this doesn't feel too different than the was it Death Ranger one shot that just came out not too long ago. Because for for me, a lot of it was. I saw the lore building, you know, yeah. like, and I was able to kind of just like turn my brain off to the characters because like the actual lore was so interesting and it carried the story. Cause I'll be honest with you. I don't remember any of these characters names. I don't sure. know what their, you know, their issues are, but like the lore, like how, you know, dark specter titans, everything, it, it made sense to me. And I yeah. think 
with the new world writer that was on the book, I think did a pretty solid job of taking whatever scraps or notes that Gogo left over and making it into something that was cohesive. Like by the end of this, I felt like, you know what? I have a better understanding of, you know, what the Morphin Grid is mm-hmm. and, you know, um, you know, how the emissaries came to be. So I, I enjoyed this. This was a pretty solid series. I'm glad I waited until now. I don't think nice. I could have did month to month either. Well, Going back to Gogol, I was looking at Edge of Darkness last night when I was doing the show notes. There's an exchange in there that hints at this miniseries because Fiena says, Fiena asks the Phantom Ranger, the Master Forges, your history is tied to them? And the Phantom Ranger says, in a way, dot, 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 it's a long story. Which I think mm. Gogol meant to tell in in this mm. universe before. Well, if no one knows the story, Frank Gogol was accused of being of making some highly racist comments, but it wasn't the case. It turns out that there was some kind of lawsuit, defamation lawsuit. It, something was settled, and the person who originally accused him recanted Retracted. her statement. But the thing is, the damage was already done at that point. Like, yep. obviously, he wasn't able to write Universe. Um, I don't think he's ran a comic in a year, which is unfortunate because I really liked Edge of Darkness. And I did that interview with Frank Gogol last year, and, you know, I thought he was, you know, truly a Power Rangers fan that really wanted to explore it. So a bit of a disappointment, but I want to lead into because on August 24th, so four days after the announcement of the miniseries, they announced the full creative team with Nicole Andelfinger, who is a writer out of Los Angeles. She's written for a ton of franchise comics for Boom. She's Ren for Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, the regular show comic, Rugrats comic, Steven Universe, graphic novels based on uh, An Ember in the Ashes, which is uh, a New York Times bestselling series by uh, Sabah Tahir. And she also wrote for The Dragon Prince, which is a Netflix animated series. So Nicole seems to have a huge experience in like licensed properties, especially working with Boom Studios. So she had the history and that's what she was bringing to this. And I'm only going to falter to a point because I think it's a monumental task for anyone to come into a series and potentially have to rewrite a whole first issue to like fit with the overall story and to pick up someone's like thought processes. So I'm not going to falter for that because that's, that's a difficult task for any writer. I don't think it's fair for her to shoulder all the blame. I think that, I mean, I think like, I love Daphna, but I think that this, I don't know. I feel like this, this was a big Uh, misfire in editing. Yeah. It's, Boom's fault ultimately because they 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 had a knee jerk reaction to an accusation right uh, mm. very early on like uh, instantly and because of that they had to I don't think they rewrote the issue they just got um, Nicole to rewrite the dialogue sure. hence why like for me personally the first two issues the dialogue does not match the images in, in for some panels. It's, it's like night and day. It's so bizarre. So I'm not going to blame either of the writers or, um, or Simone. Uh, I'm going to blame boom because I think for me personally, they should have, uh, held it until that was settled 
um, because this wasn't this wasn't hinted at by any. It, this wasn't hinted at by Boom. Fans weren't expecting this. So when they announced it, the majority of fans were like, "Oh, okay, wow." But um, I understand why they had to release it because I mean, I, a, a little bit at least, it does play into the end of Parrot and Groom's run. It does. Right? It does. It does. It. You're okay. right. Yeah. yeah, I haven't. I haven't read it yet. So, <laughs> I mean, there is an element that plays into it. And so sure. I understand why they wanted to tie it in and everything like that. I do ultimately think that, I don't know, like I'm of two thoughts. They could have held it and kept it month to month, or they could have just done it all as trade. Yes. Mm. If they release this, like something like the psychopath, or yeah. if they just release this, hardcover which is is coming out this month um you can pick up the collected hardcover if they just held on to it for a little bit they dropped it like to coincide with like the mighty Morphin slash power rangers as as that was going on that would have been amazing but i understand the timing because in 2021 they released the phantom ranger lightning collection figure mm -hmm. there yeah. was all this hype with phantom ranger already so they wanted to strike while the iron is hot and release a comic about the phantom ranger that's why all of the marketing was like discover the unknown origin and all of that yeah i, I want to say something too it's like i feel like everybody including boom was just put in a very like horrible position of course. Um, and you know and another reason too is like i'm I'm giving a lot of grace here because, you know, right around the time, you know, these accusations had to come out. I think just the climate with everything that's been going on has been so volatile. Right. So I get I don't agree with what Boom did, but I get it at the same time. Sure. And like I said, I, I think Andelfinger, you know, just coming on and doing you know, what she did. I, I got to give mad respect to that. I got to yeah. give it because it. For me, it worked. I know I cheated. I got the freshest perspective. I know, <laughs> but um, you do. But for me, I I think it really did work. You mm -hmm. know, we can do what ifs all we want. Sure. Um, but I still do believe that, like the core of the story, what was meant to be told was told. And I think that's what it you know boils down to. And again, for me, if if I didn't come off of the the Death Ranger one shot, right. which was essentially the same thing, man, like. We let's, let's introduce keep the facts a new stack. team, yep. introduce a new team. We really didn't have to care about the other characters too much besides uh, the Death right. Ranger. And we, we, we got what we got from it. I think they would have benefited greatly from just holding off. You guys have done OGNs before. Yep. This this could have worked, you know, like this. Uh, imagine this coming out, you know, this hardcover coming out, you know, right roughly around the same time, like the Phantom Ranger. Um, lightning collection figure came out that would have been beautiful not not to yeah. say this not to say now it's not going to look any more or less beautiful but still you could have mm -hmm. trimmed some of the fat like the stuff with the dinosaur like some extra stuff look there was some stuff that was in there that i felt like didn't need to be in there and was just sort of padding and so yeah you could have trimmed the fat a little bit if you just yeah. released it all at once if yeah. it was an ogn as well they would have broadened their audience as well because i know there's uh, quite a few power rangers fans that don't read issue to issue but only do get standalone stories mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. yeah. like the ogn so um i think it would have had a bigger audience as well because then you don't have to have this marketing thing for like i don't know how long it was it would have been what like nine months ten months 
Yeah, so, but by the end of it, because they announced it in August, but it didn't come out until uh, no. Actually, I'm going to look at when the first issue dropped. I think it was December. The first issue. Wow, the first issue dropped December 29th, 2021. So like wow. right at the end <laughs> of mm. the year. So they wait. It, the whole creative team was announced on August 24th, October, November, December. You had three months from the initial announcement. Because I I originally believed that the original solicits were for October of 2021. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. So they did spend some time on it. Yeah. And it was the whole thing with changing up the writer. So I get it. They want to sell multiple beautiful Dan Mora covers. And they want to sell, you know, all these amazing variants, which we got, which are all collected in the hardcover. So that's why I think the hardcover is the best way to read this. So if you haven't read this, definitely read it. Or if you had a really strong negative reaction to it, I think that's still worth a pickup and just sitting down in one session and just reading this, you know, from front to back, because all of our perspectives have changed on this from our initial impression. I want to say this too. Like, I think in general, Power Ranger books read better in trade. So you might as well Mm -hmm. just like cater to that audience and cater like to that readership that, you know, they're, they're used to it. Again, it's, it's not like a fault or anything. There's just some writers who are good with writing with trade and it's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned this before. I'm the crazy person. I'm the guy that, you know, buys these monthly, buys some variants, and then I'm collecting the soft covers, the hardcover collections. Don't lie. It's not some variants. Don't lie. Uh uh-uh. uh. You, you are very a man. Don't you lie. We all follow you on Twitter, Eric. Yeah, uh uh-uh. uh. Don't do that. You, know. you have brain problems. That's the clinical diagnosis. Okay. If we're going to be sharing screens, all the green are all the variants I, I own. That's Eric. Not, this, this isn't. This, That's one tab. That's Mighty Morphin. Oh my God, Eric. <laughs> Eric, this, is Power Ranger- this isn't the whoa, whoa. mic drop that you think it is. Look, Eric, look. the audience can't see it, but we can. <laughs> but look, this is this is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So from the beginning, I was look. I got all the variants for thirty, all oh of them. My lord, this is like this is insanity. The ones in green are the ones I have. Like, look, I I was getting retailer exclusives. I was getting everything, and then I'm done though. Because after 100, I'm only getting what my comic book guy gets me. And that's it. I'm not going out and seeking other variants. So I know I'm, I'm the insane one. I'm the insane one. For a description, though, about three quarters of that screen was green. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what else is green? Money. You don't, and you don't have any. Like, it's just not right. a good... Also, know. those... I, I know you're not doing it anymore, but I know you, Eric, and I know those spaces between the greens and the previous, like, before 100 issues can drive you crazy till you find them. <laughs> no, no, no. No? Okay, no, okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I think because I think say you... that every time, Eric. <laughs> no, no, no. But this this is my biggest issue with Boom Studios, and they're they're starting to pull this crap again, is I've seen what's coming up for uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has one in 500 variant. For no, issue. don't. Yeah, don't do that. I, I cannot no, no, do no, no, that. No, no, I've, no, no, no. I, I have never spent more than 100 bucks for a single issue or a single variant. 
Right. I don't think I've spent mm-hmm. more than 75 bucks. I mean, I have to be careful. But, yeah. And you know even that's pushing it. Well, yeah. And here's the thing. They, Boom is doing these, like, one in 100, one in 250, one in 500 covers. And I know it's for all this, you know, the speculative market, but my God, I cannot, I cannot do anything past a one in 50 for a one in 50 variant because it's ridiculous. And I don't know what, what store would order 500 copies to get the one in 500. None of them. None near me. I know, I know what you're saying, but here in the UK, that's a good thing for me because if I miss an issue or my store doesn't get an issue or whatever, then that just means for me personally, I can go somewhere else and I will happily get it in like a year or two's time, say, for instance. But I do agree that like one store ordering 500 copies is just, it's, it's, it's literally literally if i look at at the crossover because i i and i keep track of this for database purposes too look there's a green cast on my face because of the (laughs) (laughs) you look like the grinch (laughs) look ill (laughs) but look at this making me feel ill teenage ninja turtles power rangers 2 issue 1 which releases december 28th of this year they have one in 25, one in 50, one 100, one 150, one 200, one 250, one 500. That is insane for an issue one. <sighs> they didn't even do a one in 500. The, the biggest they did for Ninja Turtles one, I think they just did like a, they didn't even do, okay, they did a one in one in 50, but that was it. Would that would that one in five hundred just be a virgin cover of say like the one in fifty though, or is it? No, it's it's an exclusive uh, in Huckley cover. Oh wow, okay. You know, here, here's yeah, my thing. That's something new. Here's my thing. Like Power, you know, no no disrespect, but Power Rangers already is like a a very niche thing. Mm-hmm. I know it's starting to pick up steam, but you know, you the comics itself also it's very niche so i can't picture you know a regular mama pop comic book shop ordering that many copies just to get their hands on you know a certain variant like this only works in big cities like i I just went to new york you know two or three months ago i think it's uh, what's what's the name of it midtown midtown yep a city like that cool you go into the store yep you see one comic there is you know, a lot of variants attached to that, but you can't do that for regular regular cities, especially where mm-hmm. we already know, you know how, you know, how the state of comic book shops is these days. It's like, right. Come on, man. It's like, you're no comic book shops doing that. None. I At least not in a small town. I've sort of adopted the philosophy of if I like it, I'm going to get it, but there's going to be a price cut off in mm-hmm. terms of what I'm mm-hmm. willing to do. I don't agree with just getting like, I'm sorry, Eric. I don't, I don't agree with the idea of I'm going to get whatever variants my comic shop gets. Cause what if it's an ugly variant? I, I don't get everything. I mean, there's, okay. there's certain ones that I I've refused before because I just don't like the art. And okay. that's why, okay. that's why I do pick up the soft cover and the hard covers because they have the cover galleries and that right. fills in the gaps of, I can still look at the art. I just don't yeah. have to own it. Trust me, I get it. I'm I'm 
I'm a very I'm not going to charge for this therapy session for you. Right, right. <laughs> I did want to note something. So Nicole Andelfinger said in that press release, my 12 year old self and current self are screaming when Power Rangers team comes knocking at the door. Of course, you say yes. I'm so honored and excited to be part of Power Rangers universe. I can't wait to help expand the universe just a bit more for fans new and old to enjoy. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's lip service. Like, it's just like, yeah, okay. It's, it's whatever. Yeah. I do like everything until the ending because I know that, that they explain, like, oh, we're all emissaries now or whatever. But it, it goes against everything that Ryan Parrott established before. Yeah. I know I'm jumping right to the ending, but that was my biggest issue with this was like, okay, cool. They've, they've ascended. But when you're when you kind of hint that red, blue, and yellow are going off on their own, mm-hmm. yeah. But blue, who is Ori, doesn't match the personality of the blue emissary that we've seen since Necessary Evil. It's really off to me that they're hinting that that these are the same. That yeah. I think there's a brief line where they're like, oh. I can feel all the past and future teams of in this color spectrum. So I think they, in my mind, they kind of become an amalgam of all of the Rangers of their color and they kind of lose themselves a little bit. Right. But that's the thing is I have to kind of interpret it a little bit. It's not super spelled out. And also if that is the case, it's a little, a uh, little disappointing that we spent time with these characters and establish them. And then kind of just were like, all right, now put them in the blender with all the other Blue Rangers, and now they're this. And here's the thing. So I'll I'll jump to that I had, because after the series ended, there were some readers like me and people that are big in the Ranger community that were like, wait, these are the emissaries? Like, I don't get it. And yeah. so after the issue ended, or after the series ended, there was a lot of questions that were directed at, at Nicole Andelfinger and she's not super active on Twitter, but she did make some comments responding to people. So here's what she said. I know we're jumping straight to the ending for this, but I think it's a big part because Ryan, you know, set up this whole thing about the emissaries and even in Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers, when they're trying to figure out you know, during the Altarian War, like when Trini's looking into the Morphin Masters with Zev or the emissaries, and then the whole thing, like there was three emissaries and three Imperials came from them. And it was an ancient tale, which I get, you know, myths and tales can change over time. And maybe what universe is saying is the truth because that's, you know, billions of years ago. But you shouldn't have to like do that mental gymnastics here. Right. That's right. ridiculous. No, I, I completely agree. But here's some of the comments that she said, which is even more, it like it confuses me even more. So on Twitter, X Picaud, who runs uh, Ranger Wiki, he said, it's going to be tough as heck to reconcile what happened in Power Rangers Universe 6 with what came before. A lot of back reading required to connect the dots. Also, a lot of visual cues to say certain folks, maybe other folks from previous issues. And he included a picture of like one of the ones from Power Rangers where it they explain the emissaries and, and the masters. Then this panel that kind of explained everything from Universe 6. So his thread kind of sparked a, a, a lot of debate. And here's what Nicole had to say in a couple of quotes. 
So one, she said, Morphin Masters was the civilization that the teens are from. I think we can all agree of it. There's like this big race of people that, and in universe, they show it that they ascend to the Morphin Grid and they have their own civilization within the Morphin Grid. They talk about ascending a lot. It's kind of culty. A little bit. It was kind of weird. (laughs) A little bit. Just saying. So she said, I can confirm that they do indeed ascend to become the emissaries. She said the emissaries are guardians of the grid and are mostly energy at this point. The Morphin Masters is the civilization the PRU teams are from. I believe it's also used more than once by a few as their title slash name. I assume in most cases it means they're from the same civilization. Uh, she says they, they study, use, and protect the morphing grid. The grid is rumored to have power to create life. No one wants that to fall into the wrong hands, which they do explain fairly well. Mm-hmm. And it establishes what we've seen before. I have no issue with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But then she says, I wish I had an answer for you. This might be a better one for the editor, though. They know things I don't. Then why isn't it in this miniseries? Why yeah. are we continuing to like pull it out for other things i can i just say when i reread issue three through six last night before that i had completely put out of my head that ori is the blue emissary and i completely forgot about it until now same now it's just like and then all of these comments that andelfinger is making you can't do that I feel sorry for her because this isn't her story. Yeah. I mean, she, she's had to yeah. try and turn it into her story, but right. she's the only person that's going to be blamed for this because say that you're not really in social media and you pick up this book and then you read who it's written by, you're going to be slating them for days right. if you don't like it. And it's not it's not entirely her fault. And, um, it's not. I think mm-hmm. it, the, the information that has now been... Um, wasn't very well curated, I don't think. So now it's and that's a Star an editor Wars thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was direction. The editor sees the bigger picture. And now yep. and now it's like a Dave Filoni situation where mm-hmm. theoretically anyone can come in and just do whatever they want. I just have like a sort of a side question. Eric, and I guess anybody can answer this. How long do you think that this series was sort of in development? Probably from the beginning of 2021. Once they were planning and then they released Power Rangers Unlimited, I think Edge of Darkness was immediately supposed to lead into Power Rangers Universe. Right. I think I think Google had a plan. They released Edge of Darkness that summer of 2021. So I think they had a plan for this at least from the summer when Edge of Darkness was coming out. Yeah, Edge of Darkness really felt like more of a preview for this series. Yep. Because it was advertised as like the, or I can't remember if they actually said origins of the Phantom Ranger, but they were like, oh, this is like 10,000 years ago. This is like what the Phantom Ranger was doing. And I thought it'd be his origins and everything just kind of led into what I was expecting of that was in Power Rangers universe. Yeah. And then that's because that's why I said that line, because there was that line where he says, that's a long story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. So you can connect the dots there. Andelfinger said, D-Punk, J-Rocks-M on Twitter asked her, so what happened to the other three emissaries since the other three, and then, you know, there were six of them. And she said, hopefully that story gets to be told, uh. exclamation mark. 
And here's my only other issue with the art because green and black don't have the Die Ranger armbands like the rest of them mm-hmm. when they should, because in Die Ranger and you know what's based on, green always had the gold armbands. So someone asked, uh, Tranquil underscore Ben asked, I was, and he asked Simone, I've been wondering how come Telosi and Zev don't have those gold armbands like the others? And Simone said, good question. I decided to stick with Dan's original character design for him, and they didn't have those armbands. But the rest of the team did, so that didn't make sense. And that was something that bothered me throughout the run when they morphed into the Die Rangers. Because there is a character, a very clean character gallery in the hardcover that is a big full page for each of them. And that's mm-hmm. Dan Moore's concepts and green and black just don't happen to have the armbands. And like, you can think like, Oh, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's because they're brothers and they have some special connection, but as a design consistency thing, it really bothers me because the Sentai footage and what was used for die Ranger See, black is the addition. They that's why they were ha- hyping during Universe. They were hyping that oh, we've got a new Black Ranger that's never been seen before, and and they designed it specifically for Universe. So that's the only thing that bothers me is that Simone was just like instead of saying, oh hey, I'll give them gold armbands to match, you know, the Sentai footage and the rest of the team. He's just like, oh well, I'll just stick with whatever Dan did, which. You know, Dan might have just forgot in those two. I love Simone's work in in other things. Like, I loved him for Edge of Darkness and some of Draken New Dawn. Like, I still had issues with some of the artwork in Draken New Dawn. But overall, I think Edge of Darkness was his best work. And coming off of that, and this artwork kind of takes a step back, which I'll comment in, in a couple of the individual issues I don't know. It, it kind of makes the whole thing seem like a mess. And I'm not trying to blame the editor, but at the end of the day, it's the editor's direction. And we know now that, that Daphne is no longer working on, on the Power Rangers books, it's a, the new editor. But that's the thing. It's like Daphne's kind of taking a step back. And I wonder, like with Melissa's run with Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 101 onwards, how Melissa is going to kind of reconcile everything because... Mm-hmm. You'll hear it in the interview with Ryan Parrott, but, you know, I asked him about Melissa's run and he said, he's like, I don't know anything except what she tells me. And he said that she was so nice because she was asking him, can I have permission to take these characters? And he's like, you don't need my permission. He's like, you have free reign now. He's like, you can use everything from the past comics universe to tell your own story. He's like, he's like, it's sweet of you to ask for my permission, but he's like, you don't need it. He's like, you're in the driver's seat now. You can do anything. Also, Eric, I just opened up uh, issue five. So check what you're talking about with the yeah. armbands. And on this, on the page I'm looking at, yellow has one armband on one arm, none on the other. Black has no armbands. Blue has no armbands. Red it's has two armbands. So Green has one armband. I haven't noticed with that concept that I had, I hadn't noticed before, and now it's going to really bother me. I'm just going to say it. Uh, this is the worst start that Power Rangers has ever had. I'm sorry. This is the worst start for Power Rangers. Are we counting versus Godzilla? Well, I'm not even <laughs> fine, fine, fine. That's the worst. But and the thing is, too, you're saying that was chapter five. Yeah, in issue five, on like the fourth page. Let me go there. Yeah, because I'm not looking at the trades. I'm looking at the individual ones. It's like. 
Phantom Ranger is like all charged up and the Rangers are on top of a pile of the yeah, uh, yeah proto yeah. putties, whatever you call them. Um, and blue's missing. Yeah. Blue's missing and green has an armband randomly. I think the art is too busy. Like I, it's yeah. much clearer for me when they're morphed and they were fighting. Yeah. I could clearly yeah. see what was going on. But when there's like this new environment that we haven't seen before, I literally don't know where to look. With some team members that sometimes look very similar. And we were yes. we were jumping around an awful lot, and I didn't know where we were half the time until yep. there was mm-hmm. an establishing shot at the end of a scene. It was just very yeah, the the art was just very confusing. Yeah, but like I said, it got better when they were morphed in their Die Ranger suits, yes. kicking. <laughs> but before then, I really struggled to figure out. Like there's a part where Ori ran from one place to another. I don't know how far that place is, but apparently it's like a corner shop. Uh, next door to you <laughs> it's just yeah do you know what it was just confusing to me also uh, i i wanted to circle back to what you were saying before because of the situation that you know this creative team was put in i'm also a big sucker for you know trying to figure out missing gaps i wouldn't have been mad if nobody answered any questions you know what you got what you got we were in a bad spot you put the pieces together yourself, but I get the gesture because I, you know, I can only imagine how many mentions you'll be getting after a series ends. I think I mentioned this when I was on Ben on my live stream, how this whole entire thing was handled, um, especially like it almost feels like you would think Power Rangers would have its own office where there's there's cohesion yeah. between the different writers and, you know, the different editors and wh- wh- whatever have you. This and what happened with Countdown and Ruin, like, very well showed me, hey, there's not much cohesion in that office. And it's jarring, very jarring, because you already have the blueprint here that from what Ryan and Kyle, to an extent, established, you can pull from that or maybe you can just ask. It just seems like. Maybe they just got like the bare bones. Maybe they didn't check in or whatever. Maybe they didn't read, you know, do a proper like research on it. And then boom, this is what we get. Power Rangers is a franchise that has a series Bible. It's had a series Bible for a very long time. And when it works with that series Bible. Now, I understand that when you're a fan growing up you have your own interpretations of how characters are and stuff like that but if it goes against that series bible then there's an incompatibility there and i'm not saying that you should just be like so devout and adhere to everything everything all the time but you have to be very 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 careful because while you want to tell the stories that you want to tell you also have to think of the audience and your audience isn't stupid your audience are people that have followed the franchise for years. Mm-hmm. That, those are the people that are buying the comics. And we know the franchise in and out. And so when you add this new extra piece and you're like, oh, this was something that was here all along and you just never saw yeah. it until now. That's a very hard thing to do if it goes completely against what's already been established. This is the opportunity to do origins. You know, this yeah. is the opportunity to be like, yeah. here is you know why some of these things are happening. And one of my biggest complaints comes from like issue one where I'm trying to like time out what's going on. And it's like, all right, I had to read issue one, like three or four times. Yeah. Before the name yeah. Stung. A lot of my problems stem from issue one. So first of all, the morphonaut 
discovers the grid. That's kind right. of the start of everything. Right. And there is an uh, evil in there. And he's like, shut it down. Lock me in here. We can't let this evil get out. Right. 584 years later, Morphin Masters are ascending into the grid uh, for protection from an evil that is now outside the grid that is attacking them. Right. And now they're trying to prevent this evil from getting into the grid where they're like, but it started there. When did he get out? Like what's going yeah. on? Cause that's mm. like, here's, here's another thing that I noticed when I was doing this reread and you mentioned that 584 year gap, because they say 584 years later. Mm-hmm. And then when the Morphinaut slash Phantom Ranger is out, he said, Oh, I've been dealing with them for 50 years. Oh my God, half a century. Like he says 50 years at one thing. And another thing he says, Oh, it's, it's been a half century and they're still says half trying. century so much. It irritates me. It irritates me so, so much. It's not a half century. It's, it's a, a half, half millennia. millennia. Yep. That's the thing that editors should be catching. There was little things like that, but they corrected in this trade. Like at one point they say, because it's planet zero one, one, seven, which I laugh because it's like master chief one, one, seven reporting for duty. Like Mm -hmm. that number is just so ingrained into me from a halo thing. But I think it was like one of the last issues in the single issues. They completely said like they changed the numbers around. It was like one, seven, one or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, once again, Issue one. Yeah. They the establishing shot of like their Morph Master Society. Yep. There are three sons. There oh, are three sh- sons on that page. And it's supposed to be Earth. It's supposed to be Earth, but there are three sons. Now listen, I watch Star Wars. I'm okay with like the nonsense of like having multiple sons. I like sci-fi. I can like not think uh, about that too much. But as soon no. as they show three sons, that means we're not on earth. This is far away. This is an alien society. And then but see, like, that's <laughs> the artist. It's earth. It's well, the editor should have said, look, this is earth. Don't have three sons. It's communication. Like uh, something yeah. that's supposed to be like a twist should not be a twist to the artist. Right. Artist should know going mm-hmm. into this, that like this is earth. I'm looking Make at there be one. Now. I completely messed that. I didn't realize it was supposed to be earth. It irritates me so much. At the end, they they... say it's Earth because issue. Oh, do they? Yeah, issue six. It says when they when they do their beam and they cleanse the planet, it says planet zero one one seven a four seven galaxy above the planet soon to be known as Earth. Yep. Oh, I Uh, I didn't read that bit. It was that is on the the last few pages of issue six. That's why they were dinosaurs. Yep. Oh yeah, I did. I did wonder why the hell there was that random dinosaur that appeared and then disappeared. Here's the other big issue I had with the art that was in my notes, and I noted it in my review on Ranger Command. This pissed me off so much for from issue from issue two and and one. First off, issue two had the synopsis that said first they must defend themselves from a T Rex attack, and. The synopsis is misleading. It's not a T-Rex attack. It's supposed to be Phyro's pet, Wendy, whom we met last issue and looked like a Stegosaurus. But then they get a panic attack after the attack of Dark Spectre's forces, and then they bust through, and the issue's face looks like a T-Rex. In issue one, it looked like a Stegosaurus. And then in issue two, it's like got like T-Rex head shape and teeth Mm -hmm. sharp teeth a boxy face 
but they still had like the spiky plates and the, the stegosaurus tail. I'm like, why would they focus on such a detail like that? Because readers are already confused if they didn't read last month's issue and they didn't absorb everything. And I was confused. I'm like, wait, Fyro is calling this monster that's attacking him. Wendy, which was the, the pet dinosaur from the first issue, which was a total stegosaurus. That's bad art, bad direction. I was willing to forgive them on that because again, I thought this was an alien planet and I'm like, Oh, I call it a stegosaurus, but it's an alien beast and it can look like whatever they want it to look like. And then again, we go back and it's actually earth. It's like, Oh no, that was a stegosaurus T-Rex hybrid thing for no reason. I was just going to say, it could have been a cool idea if the dinosaur was like imbued with morphine energy. So it just changed it. See, that's what I thought at first, because in issue two, the goo starts corrupting it. So why not make it look like the stegosaurus before the goo touched it and then show it morphine? Mm -hmm. Like that's just bad communication. A gooed up stegosaurus with sharp teeth. I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Might as well. Because it turns into a, like a more you know, devastating monster. And that's, what's heartbreaking for the character of, of Fyro because he's the yellow Ranger and that was his pet. So you get that line where he's like, you know, we have to leave, we have to leave Wendy behind. It's just a miscommunication. I'm eating junk food right now. And you're stress eating. No, well, <laughs> I'm going to say like all of this stuff gives me more of an ulcer than the food and like <laughs> mm-hmm. just like all of this like disorganization and sloppiness issue one and two are the most frustrating for me because like i mentioned in in issue two morphinot keeps saying half a century but in issue one it's 584 years later so that was my note for issue two but my other note was and and this was a problem throughout the series because simone rigazzoni as an artist loves to do these I, I think he does have some great panel designs but one thing i don't like that he does is he draws sound effects but then ed dukeshire adds in mm-hmm. typed designed effects so you have two different effects which is distracting to me you have the drawn sound effects that are integrated into the panels and the artwork. And then you've got Ed Dukeshire playing around with like booms and like, like literally one of Simone Rigazzoni's panels is this big boom where the letters form the panel for some action going on. But then I hate that. I, I hate it. It's distracting. But like, I do like, I do like that. He has nice transitions where the sound effects are the panels, but I don't like that Ed Dukeshire also adds like typed in a little bit more cleaned up sound effects that don't match Simone's artwork. And that's what's distracting to me. Eric, you can edit this out if you want. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, In issue two, after Wendy becomes like a goo monster, like her sound effect is. No, I'm just like, it just says R, 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 C, U, C, K. It looks like she's just calling Squadron Rangers. I'm Hold on. Hold on. I'm I'm going back. I have it open right now. Wait, what's the mm-hmm. issue? What issue? Issue number two. two. Hold on. Yeah, Hold I'm in on. chapter three. I got to go back. Issue two, bit. page six. Is it, no? I no. That's supposed to be click, not. I don't know, man. That looks but like it, you. 
No, because if you look at if you look at the page before on the bottom, it says like click click, like you can see yeah. the L and the I. There's but... supposed to be clicks, but there's no line between that L and I. Oh, That's a U. That's so bad. <laughs> Just... Talking about the <laughs> sound effects, they really confused me in places because I thought a few pages were double age, uh, sorry, double page spreads, but they were more like one and a half page spread and i'm really confused by it there was there's a few times where it just confused me and i didn't know how to read it so like on the first page there would be a panel which is great and then you'd look below that and then there's the sound effects splitting between the two pages but then you look below that and then that panel's continuing from the opposite page but i just it i don't know how to describe it but and i can't remember what issue it was in but basically it was just really confusing to me because i had to read the page like four or five times to figure out mm-hmm. where to look. Cause yeah, when I was, was looking at my PDF, I, I had to shift the cover page, not on its own so that the spreads would, would line up. That was my biggest issue because, you know, I, I love Ed Dukeshire. I love his lettering and he adds his own typed out effects, but they don't match the sketchy nature of of Rigazzoni's like drawn sound effects, if that makes sense. There's just a lack of cohesion. Yeah. I think yeah. it's really the biggest issue is there's very little communication between everybody on this team. It seems like, I hope this isn't coming off as like a, us criticizing these individuals because no, not at all. Like they've all done wonderful work in comics before, but like for some reason coming together for this one, they just could not get on the same page. Yeah. It just shows a discontinuity between the creative team. And mm-hmm. and I think that they were scrambling for that issue one and two, because if they had to rewrite one, I'm sure issue two was already like planned and drafted. And, you know, Simone was probably already drawing it. Yeah. So these first two issues are really rough, which is unfortunate because it's establishing the whole plot going forward. And also those are the issues where like people getting month to month, that's when they'll give up on the series. Yep. Yeah. They'll be like, all right, I'll give them the first one. Oh, the second one's bad too. I'm done. I'm not even going to bother reading the rest of it. Yeah. And it also comes down to advertising, right? Cause like, let's say you don't know about the book from the internet. Like you pick it up and you're, you see the covers and you're like, Oh, all these red Rangers together. Cool. Cool. And you're like, what am I reading? I saw a lot of that in the general comments and we say it all the time, whatever a main cover is, sometimes that doesn't even happen in the book. It's just like a cover. The cover most of the time doesn't reflect or some of the time doesn't reflect what's actually in the issue. And I get it. You call something Power Rangers universe. You want Dan Mora to draw a whole bunch of different Rangers. And it only makes sense in issue three onwards because that's when they're morphing into and changing into the different Power Rangers. Um, so I I get what they're trying to do, and I'm never going to say no to Dan Moore's art, but it leads us a, a false sense of of advertising. Like what you're saying, Tyler, is that some casual on the street says, "Whoa, Power Rangers universe! All these Red Rangers! Dang!" And they open it up, and it's like. Wh- where's any of that well even beyond casual uh enjoyers of comics us fans we've right. been hit with the die ranger images as promo and we're right. all like oh my goodness like the die rangers are coming they don't morph issue one nope. at all i'll forgive them but i don't like it 
issue two, they morph on like the last panel and mm-hmm. it's an assortment of suits we've already seen before. Right. And like as a fan who like knew this was coming and knew Die Ranger suits are coming and knew like they were designing a brand new black Die Ranger. Why is it taking so long to get there? And issue three, they get the Die Ranger emblem as the casing yep. for their morpher. It's but so slow. But they're still not morphing into it. We get the Die Rangers mm-hmm. at the end of issue four. I think they should have flipped it. I think they should have started off with the Die Ranger suits. They should have had Die and Ranger from the go, very beginning. And then like, oh, we need we need more we need power. power. We need to touch into the grid. And then the final sequence is them like kind of shifting and becoming more disordered as they're dissolve almost dissolving. And then that, that would lead them, them to become exactly emissaries. Doesn't that make it look too much like Megaforce? That's the whole point. It does in the beginning too, because they're just shifting randomly. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. And yeah. that connects to Megaforce for me because they're taking something that was a bullshit transformation in Super Megaforce when they're like, we're squadron. And then they actually incorporate, I'll give them, I'll give Power Rangers Universe props for connecting that to Megaforce. Because now it makes Megaforce make sense. Because mm-hmm. they're literally morphing into the first team of Power Rangers, which is Squadron. That's the thing that I didn't like about the book is when they were morphing into other Rangers. Um, was that I, like, whether you like it or don't like it, I firmly believe that that should only be like Mega Forces or Super Mega Forces thing. I agree. Um, and so for me, I was reading it thinking it would just be really cool if they, when they morphed, it would just be sort of like they were just energy and that's why they couldn't really focus in and they were dying because they weren't actually like focusing and becoming like a suit, if that makes sense. Whereas just yeah. because they're jumping around different suits, that means that, yeah, I didn't really enjoy that part of it. I'll only counter that is because I get what they were trying to do and it makes sense in how they were explaining in the story. Like they were tapping into the raw power of the morphing grid. So mm-hmm. that's why they're shifting into it's overflowing the them. It's, yeah. Yeah. And then when they make the first morpher and it concentrates their energy and that's how it explains it is like now they're sharing the power because all their morphers are networked. So now they're not transitioning. And they even say that now their forms are stabilized into their own forms. And that's where we get squadron. So I, I wasn't too concerned about that, but yeah, when you advertise that these are going to be the die ranger suits and when they show, you know, the concept artwork on a live stream months before this issue comes out, everyone's expecting die ranger suits. Everyone's getting yeah. excited because, oh my God, they designed a new black die ranger. And now you literally don't get that final morph until the end of issue four. You've all, you've already lost some people two issues before that i'm split down the middle because me like i said i like that they did the whole you know swapping back and forth in the suits because yeah. again it's kind of like a teaser for what we actually did get in the main series because when the emissaries do come you yeah. know they they are swapping back and forth between suits so it's a nice teaser just like okay cool it's you know it's just them you know shifting into the morphing grid and you know it, it's not being filtered or whatever through anything. I I get that from a story standpoint. Yeah. Um, but I can also understand too the frustration because for me, like I said, I I'm I'm not afraid to say I did not pay attention to marketing. I don't pay attention to marketing for any of the books. Sure. I got everything muted. I don't want to be spoiled. 
So when I seen this, I was like, oh, okay, all right, no, no problem. But I get it because if they were promoting Die Ranger, okay, I completely understand. And it sucks too because, you know, they morphed into Die Ranger's Super Mega Force and they treated it like such a minuscule thing. Yeah. You know, we, and we already know there's a whole story behind that. So you would think, you know, they would handle this much better, mm-hmm. much better. Because again, the theory has always been thrown like, oh, these were the suits before Mighty Morphin. And technically speaking, yeah, in a sense, you know, when they actually get the morphers to actually stick to a form, this is legit the first team or right. suits before Mighty Morphin. So you, I get it, but I also see how they fumbled the bag there also. Right. It also creates a um, continuity error as well, because um, Gose, is that his name? The mentor from Megaforce. Yes. Um, but yeah. he says, oh, these That's powers right. have never be- seen before on Earth, but they originated from Earth. From Earth, Earth. right. So it's just a yeah. bit like, oh, yeah. okay. I think it's a case of like the Power Rangers uh, movie that came out in 2017. The people that liked it and the people that didn't like it, they both agreed on that there weren't enough Power Rangers. Right. And this is a similar vein of that, where you're just not getting enough Die Ranger suits. Mm-hmm. Realistically, they were only Die Rangers or Squadron Rangers for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Pretty much. And then, and then, yeah, then they cleanse the earth with their, you know, Mighty Morphin power or whatever. And then now they're shifting into emissary type forms. Yeah. And that's something, there's no story potential now with those suits. I mean, exactly. the Super Mega Force team can do that. But with these characters, there's no wiggle room for another adventure like that's it in those suits because it was done it was like one and done and and that's why i like tyler's point where they should have locked into a form first and then as their power increases and they start to become Mm. tapping more into the raw morphing grid then they start to transition into the other teams and then you get when they release their full energy now they don't need the morphers because all that energy is now part of them, and that explains the whole emissary thing. So I completely agree with Tyler. And it would have made sense because if they morphed into the Die Rangers in the second issue instead of like the different random teams, then we would have got more with those suits and we would have got them more as the squadron team. It's a real shame because it just sort of yeah. it stops any potential and like they were really building up and they've just they've literally killed any momentum that they had um mm-hmm. with that and uh, it's it's really gut-wrenching because like a lot of fans were theorizing how were the die ranger suits created because of megaforce um and they probably picked the worst outcome that you can get like i think people even if they were still Die Rangers at the end of the book, um, and then, you know, the next book they were in, they died immediately like so many other Megaforce teams, um, you still have that gap of, well, what happened in between? But you yeah. don't even get that now. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. I do like, though, thematically, that the Die Ranger suits... Well, they're, they're outfits to begin with, like they're Mighty Morphin outfits, or I keep saying, 
their their morphin master like teen outfits when they're all in white and it's kind of got the scribbles like like the die ranger suits and i like that because that also extrapolates in what they already did with the morphin masters with like not only from the tv show but from the comics like beyond the grid where they were mainly white with like those gold enhancements so i like that they use the die ranger suits for that purpose and this also kind of ties back or Matt groom ties back into this universe series mm-hmm. when there's that line because the pink emissary does show up. So that's already yep. a tie back to this mini series. But right. then there's that line where Tommy says, and he's theorizing with Billy, well, wait, do I have a morphin master? And Billy says, well, the white light, I mean, white light is the combination of all colors and that ties back. So that's, that's kind of a great explanation of why his suit looks like the die Ranger. Suit. Yeah. Because mm. if his, if Zordon created the white light, you know, in the books, they harness the white light power and that's like the raw form of the combined energy of all of the squadron Rangers then that's a perfect in-universe explanation, and and you can connect those dots. And I like that Matt included that line to to spark that idea. I think the the better sting. So at the end of the book, Phantom Ranger jumps out of a portal, and Zordon's in front of him. Yeah, because better... it transported him to ten thousand years ago time. Yeah, it, it would have been a better sting for me personally if you had Zordon and Alpha working on the white light powers. Um, mm. but then again, no, sorry, you know, in the in the comics, they established that Tommy gets the white light, doesn't he? Right. Okay, yeah. So whoever made that to begin with, I can't remember. It's been so long. But I think that would have been a better sting for like what's to come is if they alluded to the white light coming from that or showing that rather than the Phantom Ranger appearing to Zordon. I kind of disagree with that only because. If this is a tie back to Edge of Darkness, remember in Edge of Darkness, when it first started, that's what's going on, Hartunia. That's in the same timeline at when Hartunia was destroyed. And Phantom Ranger is already working with Zor- like current Zordon, and he's mm-hmm. just reporting. So I this is a perfect tie-in to show that Phantom Ranger and Zordon have been working together for the past 10,000 years. So I didn't mind that teaser at the end because it brought Edge of Darkness full circle. It also yes. would have felt a little out of place, I feel. Like, it's fine for us to be, like, theorizing and, like, making sure. these, like, all that sort of stuff. But it would have felt out of place if they just sort of were like, oh, and here's the white light. No, I, I only bring up the white light just because I like that Matt Groom, yeah. like, tied it into his run and, like, made Universe feel a little bit more connected to the rest of the series. Yeah. That was yeah. my that was my point. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and we haven't even we haven't even said all their names. So I did a character guide. We've got the Morphinaut. We got the red one. We got the sh- no, uh, the, no, no, her no, name no, is Schmendrick. No, we've no, got, no, we've no. got the blue one, and their name is Samantha. No, we've got no. the white one or the the green one, and their name is Theodore. We've got the black one, and their name is Frederick. I can't. This was this was the biggest indictment that I have against the series. Yes, I I agree to an extent, and. 
admittedly, when I wrote my initial comic review of one, when it came out, I had to write into the review their names just so people knew and I knew what the hell I was talking about because I didn't want to read it a fourth time to get everyone's names again. This feels like somebody... A random name generator. That's no, what it feels no, like. No, 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 no. <laughs> worse, worse. This feels like fan fiction names. This feels like some weird mm. live journal fan fiction <laughs> name. That's what these all seem like to me. Ro is dying. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah yeah it does it does i don't care if i like make anybody feel bad about that it it, that's that's what this looks like that was my biggest complaint with the first two issues because they're already throwing so much at you these are like weird alien names that are just like where the hell did this come from we've got on a planet that's a number yeah we've got ori which is short for ori santh the blue ranger Kartor is her brother. We got Rian, the Red Ranger. Vivali is her mom. Chandra is her sister. Then there's some weird mention of Halone. I don't know what the hell Halone was because it was literally brought up in the fifth or sixth issue. I'm like, what the hell is Halone? Because I I read I literally read this a couple hours ago. That was the only mention of it. I'm like, who the are you talking about are they are they meant to be the same character do you reckon do you reckon they just forgot like they did about no, the animal because they, or like the literally they say sandra in like the panel oh, do before they? so oh, i don't okay. know who the hell halone is there's there's Leah the pink ranger Fyro the yellow ranger with wendy the pet stegosaurus t-rex thing there's talozi the green ranger who's brother to zev the black ranger who's and then lost. yeah when i have to have a cheat sheet to remember everyone's names that's a, a problem bad sign. it's a yeah. problem and it doesn't help that you know a, a lot of like the interpersonal dynamics weren't much to you know bat home about either because yeah. it was just it was, was just very basic it was very basic and you know they only touched upon them like on like a surface level so just like it was very easy to kind of just like turn off the, yeah. the only two that i would say that had personalities is ori just because they are they're sort of like the first person point of view throughout yes. a lot of the yeah. book or if not the whole book and ori is like the emotional connection because she's so distant from the rest of the team and the rest of the team's trying to reconnect with her so a lot of the conflict and the solution is with ori so i consider ori one of the like the the mm. main character of the book yeah they are. Ori is definitely the main character yeah. of the book. It's just, why even have, like, the Red Ranger has no personality. The only one I like, and I think, Callum, you were going to say that, is Leia, the Pink Ranger. Blue and pink together. I was going to say green, because green was quite angry, but then through the brother, you knew that they were kind of sensitive, so they were sort of like a Raphael from Ninja Turtles yes. situation. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, like, Leia, I didn't even realize that was her name. I've never read that name before in my life, so I don't know whether I just skimmed past that bit. But Rianne, the annoying thing about her was that she's the Red Ranger and she was training the team, but they cut the training montage, yeah. which could have allowed for she didn't so much matter. Character. But why is she the Red Ranger? Exactly. Like, yep. why? Like, I would have been fine with Ori being the Red. Yeah. My biggest problem is all this personality and information 
only came out in the fifth issue when Dark Spectre was corrupting them. And so all the truth was being unleashed and you only got teases of these personality traits in the past issues. And But now we're in issue five. Yeah. Yeah. That was my problem with it. They could have cut all of the family stuff because I think there was two families involved. So there was Ori's and then... I think maybe Telosi and Zev. I can't remember which well, one. Well, Telosi and Zev are the brothers, so their relationship was ingrained. The The two other families were... So you had Morphinot, who had Chendal, which was their yeah. original partner, and Chendal became corrupted by Dark Spectre and became the general, which they fought. That right. twist was so frustrating because I could tell that Chendil was the general from yeah. the beginning. Um, because yeah, yeah because yeah. she they, she just kept saying essentially, "Oh, I'm Chendil," without saying she was Chendil. And yeah, the she's like, "You was know like, me, you yeah, know and me." And like and the, the only like, one the Morphinaut knows is Chendil. <laughs> oh, yeah. let, me, let me search my brain for all my friends. So, so why would they, the Morphinaut, being why were they being thick and being like, "Who are you?" When <laughs> we, the audience, have only been in introduced to one other person exactly. I'm, I'm not why? gonna lie i started doing some brain gymnastics like yo who could it be man? Like, am I missing <laughs> but see it, it overcomplicated the situation when it didn't need to be like they thought oh it's a big twist but i saw it coming from a mile away the morphinaut could have said no you can't be and yes. i would have been like oh cool great okay we know who that is yes. instead they're like oh who and it's just, oh my God, like that angered me throughout the whole thing. I was just Yo, like, but, just say it and we can move on. Just say go, it and we can move on. Going Please. back to the fat thing, the cutting out the fat thing, I really think it would have helped because I'll be honest, I liked the training montage. I think they could have done a little bit more of that. I liked the idea. There was no training montage. That's my issue with it. Was yeah, there was I'm just train her, like coaching them. You yeah. know what the yeah. training montage actually remind me, reminded me of? It reminded me of that montage in Beyond the Grid um when they were just sort of like going to different planets and stuff and we're not actually like getting to know the characters during right it. i'm surprised you remember that because i don't remember it <laughs> yeah, that. i remember it I because it was the worst that. thing i don't um, remember that in, at all. in an already bad series well um yeah i, I think we really <laughs> could have done you know a little bit more of that because me i i like the idea of you know the rangers like training outside of being morphed so you know you're prepared yeah and stuff I, I i enjoy that so for me that was cool and figuring well, out their flow together and here yeah. and here was how it, it broke down because issue one was the introduction issue two was them connecting with the morphinaut three was more of the the explanation and then issue four was basically their unmorphed fight issue and then issue five is their morphed fight issue and then issue six is like them dealing finally dealing with the main bad guy so the arc was structured like a typical power rangers so i agree with roe they could have expanded that training sequence instead of just, you know, that second issue. So the third issue where the Morphinauts explaining everything, they could have tied that up and moved it to issue two. So you're like, oh, I, now I know what's going on. And you get your powers in, in issue two, your Die Ranger powers. And then issue three is that them training. And then it's earned when Rian says at the end, of that issue, well, now we're a real Mighty Morphin Squadron, or we're a we're a Morphin Master Squadron, and then that would have felt earned after a training montage mm -hmm. issue instead of a training montage 
two pages. Right. Yeah, The also one thing that I really was annoyed with was it was sort of like a fan four stick. I haven't watched that film, but I've seen like cinema since like so many video essays on that film. But it was like they didn't earn the name Power Rangers at all. Mm, it was just right. sort of like an afterthought, like, oh, we need to mention the name Power Rangers. Exactly. So we'll say it in the last page. But where did it even come from? Because it would have been cool to have an origin story for that name. So obviously they're rangers of the morphing grid, but so they're like guardians of it, but like explain that, not just have it be the last word or, or, you know, on the last page of the last issue or whenever it was, I'm pretty sure they don't even say squadron. Do they at all? They do. Rian says, Oh, at the end of that montage, she says, well, now we're a real Morphin Master Squadron. Oh, yeah, that's it. Mm. That's it. And But, but that's yeah. the only time they don't say Squadron Rangers, power up or anything like that. Yeah, and I it annoyed me that they said it's Morphin time as well. That annoyed me. I don't know why. It just, it did annoy me. <laughs> I was like, you, can we, you can know we what get it reminds else? me of? Um, it reminds me of like the some of the Neo Saban seasons where they just kept abusing its morphing time. Like its morphing yeah. time has lost its meaning it to has. me in Power Rangers. Um, because it it just was a repeated thing. How in the world do you know that was? So is it just like a generic thing? The morphing grid just says, "Hey, um, let's use this call phrase. It's morphing time." No, they do mention because when I was reading it, they they do mention morphin a few times before that. Like, oh, you know the the particles of our clothes have changed, and it's like, oh, it's oh yeah, they've really morphed our clothes and stuff. But I mean, that's that's the thing when they first were transitioning into all the different like Power Ranger forms, it establishes what we already know that the morphin grid imbues them with knowledge of weapons mm, and tactics. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Then. And so if that's the morphin call that you know the morphin grid leads them into sure fine whatever but i get you ro like saying it's morphin time all the time it starts to lose its impact yeah they could have said let's squadron up i miss the disney seasons when they were like let's ranger up that always felt like so like yeah let's go because it's like um, power rangers (laughs) i like what they do with the tv show especially like in the first couple seasons yes you know from mighty morphin to zeo it was it's morphin time but then they got creative with the other like morph calls shifting the turbo yeah and then now we're in this weird space with you know the franchise where it's just like it's every morph call is it's morphin time i understand it now from like a brand perspective that it's just like it's just so easy now right but yeah. but but it is an easy way out they could have said squadron ready up but i yeah, get it. anything it's yeah. an easy it. way out which makes it depressing it's a cheap solution i get it because from a brand perspective in a book called power rangers universe of course you want them to say the iconic phrase it's morphin time like like i get that and i'm not i'm not taken away because that spread at the last or issue five or six or whenever they finally morph and it's all the different ranger forms and they mm-hmm. finally form into or when they it was cool yeah it was cool no that was the last issue when they did their last it's morphin time and they're releasing the full power of the grid i loved it because you saw things like hyperforce the omega mm-hmm. rangers you saw uh, the current season with Dino Fury, what was in there? Then it becomes back to an issue with the art because there were many, many mistakes in those suits. Like Mystic Force barely looks like Mystic Force. 
Like, I don't know what the hell reference he was using, but that is not the front of, of the Mystic Force costume. What they do to my girl Tanya, man? What what they do to Tanya? No. I had an issue with Zeo Blue because he yes. added an extra two sides to the triangle. So it's now a, not the right shape. Not only that, but the colorist colored the, the mouth guard silver. The Zeo suits just have the star. I did not notice that. And the ma- yeah, it pissed me off. The first time they morphed in, I think it was like when they first got their forms in issue two and Zeo Blue is in there. The the colorist, and generally I don't have a problem with what the colorist did. The, these this these issues were bright and colorful and, and impactful with the colors. But my problem is is when like you, you see Zeo blue and uh, when they first morphed into it, uh, towards the end of issue two, like you don't like Ori doesn't have the silver P it's the standard Zeo blue suit. Well, now I see what you're saying. It's not a triangle. Cause the, the corners are God, that's so yeah. that pisses me off. I noticed that the first time I read it and I was just, I was uh, just sort of like, Oh, okay. That's strange. Okay. So the, the mouth guard is not colored. But then the literally the next two panels, the mouthpiece is is colored gray. And there's that last page on issue two where you know it's got the general there. And Zeo Blue has a silver mouthpiece. That ticked me off to no end. Because it doesn't. It's just supposed to be the blue helmet. The lips are there, but they're colored blue like the rest of the helmet. It's bad. And so when you get to this last morphin sequence when they're shifting between all of the, and I hate to be a nitpick. I hate to be that guy, but power ranger designs are there for a reason. And when you got Dan Mora on the covers, nailing the designs from the get go, it frustrates me when, when Rigazzoni can't do a little bit of extra work to get these suits right now, just going down this, this page where they all say it's morphin time before they unleash their energy in the last one going from pink mystic force. Pink is just completely wrong. I don't know what's happening with SPD. I don't know what's going on there. SPD is a backwards three. It's not even a five. That's completely weird. Red is fine for the most part. Blue. You still got weird Zeo thing going on. I don't know what the hell is up with like the arm positioning of Ninja Storm Blue. Like the the arms like right in front of the face, but it looks like they have no neck. Super weird. I'm glad Hyperforce is is represented twice. But then you go to green, and that's not the light like for Dino Fury Green, that's not the lightning bolt on their chest. Well, it, that's completely wrong. Yellow is also pretty flagrant too. That's what I was just mentioning. Like Time Force looks a little wonky. Zeo, out. Yeah. Yeah. The shapes are something wrong with that spacing right there. Can't even tell if there's a, if there's like a, a, a mouth part to it because it's just a far away. Ninja Storm, it's oh, okay. Dino Thunder is all right. Mighty Morphin is, is okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's weird. I have a question, though. Are we just using the same? It's it's a weird thing with me when it comes to like the main books and the OGMs. So mm-hmm. it's just like, can we not, you know, pull from the artist team from 
you know, from the batch of artists you guys got from the main books to work on these OGNs? Because it seems like they're kind of, I don't know, lately, they're kind of just like sticking to the same folk. And I so like, I don't know. They definitely use Rigazzoni for a lot of the extra miniseries stories, like Unlimited and for this run. And then, and then Dragon New Dawn. And Dragon New Dawn. And then for... um. Sorry, I'm blinking. But for some of the other the other series, they use like it seems like you're right. They use they use different artists. Giuseppe Carafo uh, is for the OGNs, and and I like him. Yeah, his art's good. His art's great. Yeah. So they use Giuseppe Cafaro for the OGNs. They use Rigazzoni for a lot of these unlimiteds and one shots here and there because they've they mix some different artists recently. But Ro, you're right. I wish they would get back Daniele for like a one shot. They're using the same pool. It's lazy. I'm sorry. It's lazy. It is lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. With the, um, with the, sorry, going back to the morphin sequence. So for the front covers, obviously blacks on there with the dragon shield. Yeah. Uh, but I, why in the book does black have the dragon or, you know, mighty morphin black have the dragon shield. I have no idea. Fan service. Probably. There's other black Rangers that you could pick from. Like way yeah. more black rangers. Also, I was gonna question how did you know that was Mystic Force pink? I only know that because uh, they have a cape. Yeah. And the outline of the helmet is is a butterfly. That's the only way I would know that. Yeah. Because that's really terrible. I did not notice any of these mistakes when reading it the first time, but that's it's like they just gave up. Yeah. When stuff hit the fan. It's like they just gave up immediately and they were like, let's just get a writer in quickly. They can try and save it. And then we'll just, we'll just put this to bed and it'll be done forever. And um, it's details like this that are disappointing for me for Rigazzoni because I really, really, really like the art of edge of darkness. He got all the character emotions, right? Like those fight sequences were clean. The Tangas looked incredible in that mini series like the bad guys vile master vile we got a full shot of master vile we got these amazing drawings rigazzoni is a great artist i don't know what happened with some of these issues in universe you know like, what i think happened i think it was just they probably bit off more than they could chew because this feels like of this, this is there's a lot rushed. going on yeah it feels rushed it doesn't even feel like it had an outline like yeah. the book didn't even have like an outline. Like this is what's going to happen in issue an outline before they actually started writing it. See, I, I, I like that. You know, I read this and I got a higher opinion about it, but now, like now that we're nitpicking, it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm going You're slipping back. back to into your three out of 10. Well, not, I wouldn't go that far, but, okay. and maybe we are focusing too much on, on like the nitpicky stuff. There are moments in this where I really like the interactions between the characters. I think my favorite moment, my favorite moments were from issue three, because we do get that mini montage, like we said, but my thing was, I liked when, uh, what's her face. See, I have to go back to the, when, when Aaliyah was talking with, with Ori and she's kind of sketching out the logo and she's telling that story about her mom and how they came up with like a casing to prevent the jewelry from getting shocked. And that sparked the whole idea with the casing for, for the morpher. I liked those interactions with the characters. I liked when the characters were trying to talk and figure things out. It's mm. just whenever it got to the morphing stuff, it became a mess. 
Yeah. And the morphing stuff shouldn't be a mess. And when characters were clumped together, even unmorphed. I feel like the best time that they were interacting all together was when they were under Dark Spectre's influence. Yeah, because it forced their real personalities to come out. Yeah. And we only got hints of those personalities in the other issues. And that shouldn't be the case. To make that scene more effective, you plant these seeds earlier so that scene has a bigger impact. Yeah. And I could see them doing that a little bit. And I only caught it when I reread this. Like, God, I have to go back. That's that's the problem with these names. If you don't if you don't look at them, you forget them because these aren't like human names that I can like glomp onto. It's not like Tom, you know, Harry, Alyssa, or something like that. Just say Alyssa, not Aaliyah. I don't know what. You sent the show notes last night, and I was going to change them change them on you, and you wouldn't have known the difference. And that's ridiculous. But, no. Yeah, it, it is. But no, like, like I like that they were planning some things. Like, like Rian was was really upset about her sister Chandra, who died in one of these earlier attacks to the Master Forges. Oh yeah, Chandra rhymes. I know her. Not continue. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I only caught the hint in the dialogue when I reread this because I was reading it from front to back. That that the only reason that Fyro was so you know connected with Rian was because he had a relationship with Chandra who died. So that's where their conflict came from. Yeah, like he was involved with Rian's sister, and so that's why they were close. You can only pick that up if you're reading it all together in one shot. Yep. You know what? Um, I I wonder. I think two things really would have helped here, especially when it comes to us feeling connected to the characters. Yeah. You know, maybe you trim some of the fat. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I think maybe an extra issue or two could have helped out. Yeah. Um, that really would have helped flesh things out. And obviously the name changes as well. Right. I think we... I think we would have been. We didn't spend a lot of time, enough time with these characters. And to Callum's point, we didn't get to spend enough time in their Die Ranger squadron forms. So, and again, because I I think, you know, like I said, I I read this all last night. Right. You know, but I think this would have been even better for me, like if I had that emotional connection. Because for me, like, again, the lore stuff, that's cool. I like that. But you would have taken it up like at least two more points. If I felt connected to these characters, I really gave a damn about what was going on between them, the drama. Yeah. Like I saw a little bit of that in, when they were taken over by Dark Spectre. I was like, ooh, okay. But at the same time, it's already too late because right. you didn't do enough. You didn't do And, a and that's of the end of issue five. Yeah. So I think they, they really dropped the ball here. But yeah, I... I feel like there was potential. Like I, I'm yes. going to give homegirl credit. There's potential here for something special. Yeah. And it just frustrates me that Nicole made those. And it's, you know, she made those comments because she's trying to be as transparent as she can be. And she's trying to give fans kind of a satisfactory answer. And there's only so much she can say or do. And ultimately it is up to the editors to, if you're creating this whole Power Rangers universe, I mean, not the title, but if you're creating, you know, everything from Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers and, and they've already built this universe out of, out of six years of storytelling. And 
It's been clear since two years ago, they've been slowly building up to Dark Spectre. Dark Spectre is this continuing threat, and he's this thread throughout these last few years of being the main problem with like the host bodies. And you can see it in these unlimiteds, like the one thread between all these unlimiteds and this universe is dark specter. And now Mm -hmm. they're finally bringing it back to the main series. The big threat that's they're teasing with Melissa's run is the return of dark specter. And why Mm -hmm. is Ben smiling? Like he's going to say something like he's ready to unleash. I'm just like, what are you building towards? Right? I just right. feel like like Dark Spectre just keeps on like coming up and now we have like a different writer on the main series. What are you building towards? Are we going towards something? I hope Melissa's run is that conclusion to the buildup because I can't get another tease again of Dark Spectre. Like do the thing. Yeah. And make the thing better than a rocket going through his body. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm that's so, not I, fair. I didn't know you were so close to that moment. <laughs> this buildup is starting to lose steam. Yeah. I want Melissa's thing to be the thing with Dark Spectre. I'll say, uh, I agree, but at the same time, I'm of two minds. Like, I like that the series is going on um, and, you know, it's doing his own thing. Also, at the same time, I can't lie. Like, in the back of my head, there's this nagging feeling. Yo, there's something bigger coming. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. Like, because it's just like, yo, when are you, you going to strike? Like, it's There are a, some aspects of, of the buildup being fun. That's yeah, fair. So That's fair. There's I, I some like aspects that. of it. But I do agree also at the same time with you because it's just like, okay, so how long? Because now you got to remember, we are in a very intricate spot in the timeline, right? Yep. You know, because we started seeing the hints of Dark Spectre in Turbo and it really accumulated in yeah, space. Right. But now we're getting it as early as, as Mighty, Mighty Morphin. Morphin. Yep. So it's just like now that's you, you're almost kind of playing with fire here. Well, I mean, them them introducing Andros into, you know, the last run of Charge to 100. Shattered Grid was the turning point. Shattered Grid and when they rebuilt the universes were going off the rails of the, of the TV show. And you just have to accept that this is, this is the multiverse mm-hmm. and that shattered grid when they repiece things together. And that's why I like that when astronomer was introduced in power ranger series, mm-hmm. you know, they did that unlimited with her and I see their strategy. I see it. They, they take, they make these unlimiteds because they did the countdown to ruin with Andros as he's, you know, showing up to give him backstory with Zane. So I think what boom is doing in that sense, when you've got an ongoing story with these characters and then you throw in an unlimited to give it more context, I think that's a brilliant strategy, Mm -hmm. but when you have a set piece like universe, that's supposed to tie more than just a one shot, they need to do better at organizing that. Yeah. And again, it's, I I'm always going to go back to this. There needs to be more cohesion within that office. I don't like the idea that I feel like there's two different offices within the Power Rangers office. You guys should be working together. Yes. Make a call, you know, bother, send that email. Hey, can you help me out? What does this mean? So again, we don't have a situation where 
you know, Nicole Anderfinger saying, you know, guys, you know, kind of giving vague answers. You know what I'm saying? That's like Eric said, that should be the editor's job to pop in. Hey, this is what this means. This exactly. is what this means. Yeah. Sorry for the confusion. Okay, now you can pick up the story. I have a question that I was going to say for the end. But do you think that Melissa's run is going to acknowledge universe or just I think like in any way? Okay. Because she said in our interview that she's taking all of story it. bits from every single aspect that's up to now. And that's why I trust Melissa because she's been with the brand for so yeah. long. She worked on the brand Bible. In mm-hmm. fact, I could think of no other writer yeah. to do this next recharged era other than Melissa Flores. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of anyone short of Jason Bischoff if they somehow bring, brought him back. Or Judd Lynn. Screw chip. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. screw chip. Okay. No, no, no. No, this is Melissa's time to shine because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. because yeah. she has earned this. And for mm-hmm. her to get like fired from Hasbro. Was she fired? She was let go. She was let go. Okay. Okay. Fired, let go, whatever. I wasn't sure if it was on her own volition or anything like that. I truly had no idea. No, she was let go. Okay. She wasn't expecting it. She was let go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see you, bro. You've got that issue 101. I still haven't picked mine up yet. It's perfect. And that's why, for me, this is such a triumphant moment for Melissa because she worked on the brand behind the scenes for so long and she created Hyperforce. She created all these initiatives that furthered the brand. And she was working on the comics from issue one. Yeah. Her name's in the special things. Yep, absolutely. She's been involved in the comics from the beginning, except, you know, that two-year period where, you know, she was let go from Hasbro. But now she's back. And for her to now tell these stories and continue what Kyle and and Ryan have built and and Matt Groom as well, I'm not forgetting him. And I love the fact that they're doing their own thing and they're already working together in the massive verse. So they're already communicating. They're already talking to each other. They're already bouncing around ideas. That's why I love these comics. At the end of the day, I love these comics because these comics have entertained me more in the past six years than the main show. Yeah. And that's, that's why I defend these comics. That's why I read them for, you know, of course there are faults and they're not perfect. They're not perfect. And I think it would be disingenuous for us to say that they are perfect. No, they're not perfect. But at the same time, I don't get the vitriol towards the comics of like half this fan base. There's a section of the fan base that just relentlessly criticizes these comics. Well, look, everything. This goes into a larger conversation, but sure. the way that I sort of see it as let them say whatever the f- they're going to say. Sure. Well, they're not reading it. <laughs> they're not reading it. It's not going to affect how much that we enjoy it. It's not going to yeah. affect how much the other, like everybody else enjoys it. Like you've seen the convention rooms and the convention panels for the comics. Oh, they're yes. Packed. Yes. They're packed. They have their people. Can they yeah. always have more? Yes. But the people that are, are going to speak out against the comic book for whatever reason they have, let them talk, let them say whatever sure. they're going to say. It's fine. But I think that you're going to drive yourself crazy if you argue with them. Oh, it's true. And I, and I've driven myself crazy a couple times, which is why I'm telling you to thread to not bother. (laughs) I've completely backed off the past couple months. Yeah. And I, um, for me, like I said, I always say this, the comics are my last 
tether to yep. the franchise. It this is it. So I do my very best to um protect that. That's why yeah. you know I always say I I block well I mute. I, I don't I guess I don't want to see any spoilers. Sure. And it's to the point where even if you mention the comics, I won't see it. The only time I see the comics is if you know Ranger Command throws something out there or if I happen sure. to come across something. But for me with the comics it's well, I hope no. I'm not spoiling your experience. Oh no, you, 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 don't worry, okay. don't worry. You spoiled the Red Omega reveal of Trini for, I don't give a <laughs> I don't give a When I was, when I was talking with you guys, I'm like, am I going crazy? It's, it's Trini as the Red Ranger. I was like, guys, guys, come on. <laughs> Yo, listen, I definitely should have, uh, reread that before I got to town because I was like, that was Trini. I thought it was the other <laughs> alien dude. Oh, it was Trini. Yeah. I was like, am I going mental? The art wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for me with the comics, the reason why, you know, I love it is because um, and I was I had a conversation, you know, with some folk like two or three nights ago, actually. The comics does a great job of it pulls in stuff from the actual TV show. Yes. But at the same time, we are not in a place where it's restricted. And again, thanks to Shattered Grid, you know, the the rules were broken already when we didn't have the Sentai restrictions, but then when Shattered Grid happened and you know, the whole universe got, you know, reset or whatever, yeah. that broke that for me. That's when the walls came crashing down, even now less restricted, you know, to do whatever you want. And I feel like it's so easy when you, when you don't have those chains on to just kind of go off the rails, but I feel that they've done a good job of having fun with, you know, the lore and the story, yeah. but also just keeping things contained. Like I will always give credit to, you know, the, the last bit of Ryan's run. You could have done so much fan service stuff with yeah. Andros. You could have had him morph into um, in space red from the jump. Oh my gosh. Uh, the, the space Rangers in the comic books already. no, he dangled that in front of our faces in a good way yeah. until 100. And there's so many examples of that throughout this entire yeah. run. So that's why for me, I, I don't pay attention uh, to, you know, the criticism. A lot of people are not reading it. Right. Um, they're, they're dunking and, on it just to dunk on it. And, you know, they still have this, this weird attachment. Oh, it has to be like the show, but the show did this. Listen, we, we lost that. We, We're past we don't that. have those restrictions. It's yeah. yeah. So either you take it as it is, honestly, you don't. But if you don't and you're not reading it, why are you talking about? But I get it. That's sure. that's just the way things are. But yeah, I I love these comic books, you know. And I, I, like I said, I'm I'm happy that I actually went and read Universe because yeah. for me, this expands it to more. Now I have a little bit more knowledge. Is it perfect? No. no. Is dude? Is is there some things that could be better? Yes, but. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie by the time i finished reading this i had a smile on my face yeah i felt better reading it a second time and i felt better reading it all together like we said so you Me know too. what whatever it is what it is and now we can move forward with the franchise but don't give complicated names again just just don't do that and also i want to say yeah. this too <laughs> i know we were we were talking about uh, melissa and how we how you know this story you know it, it doesn't leave room for you know them to expand a little more i don't know i kind of want to caution against like that because 
I feel like there's been plenty of examples where, you know, you read a story and the way what structures like, ah, there's no way they're going to go back to it. But some way, somehow a competent writer has revisited, you know, said content and probably add a little bit more context. Yes. We just finished reading this. It can seem very self-contained, but sure. I, I don't know if Melissa's pulling from every other story. She is. Why? I actually want to ask, do you all feel satisfied with the Phantom Ranger now? Now that we have this level of backstory, it wasn't exactly what was promised with the solicits and everything like that. And what we thought going into this, do you feel satisfied with the Phantom Ranger or do you want to see like still like still more? I'm satisfied with it, but they tease that he started working with Zordon 10,000 years ago and like I said, that beginning part of Edge of Darkness, where he was basically an advanced scout for Zordon after the Omega Rangers left Hartunia, he found that, you know, there was a vessel for Dark Spectre out there. And that's the thing, like they teased that a year ago. So I think they're going to deal with the vessel in Melissa's run. And mm. if that vessel is actually, here's another thing. Uh, if you pick up, Go Go Power Rangers Volume 1 Deluxe cover hasn't one of those the extra story. short story, but it's a short story that deals with Rita Repulsa when she was a teenager and okay. Master Vile, and it ties into all of this. Oh, I, I missed that. I missed that. Well, okay. because the hard cover isn't out yet. But if you look at that exclusive hard story, it's an exclusive Rita short story called The Price of Ambition. And it's written by Rachel Wagner, who co-wrote Power Rangers issue 10 with Ryan Parrott, which was the uh, Yale-focused issue. Oh, okay. And okay. so it deals with a very particular time in Rita Repulsa's life. She's like 16 or 17. So it's it's just after Edge of Darkness. So it continues the Edge of Darkness story when Fiena's dead, and now her dad is, is Master Vile taking care of her and instructing her. And it's this great short story where you think, oh man, there's some good in her. And they twist it around and it connects to what Melissa's doing. And it connects to what the whole adding to the whole 10,000 years story. Right. But when go, go power Rangers volume one deluxe hardcover comes out, I hope people get a chance to even just take a look at it. Even if you don't actually buy it, because I know that's a $75 price tag that a lot of people can't do, but if you can view it digitally somehow or, you know, go to your comic shop and they have it there, but just read that, that issue. Cause it's already out in, um, in, in stores. So, yeah. So definitely try to check that out, that exclusive story. And I'm sure they might collect it in some future, like mm. other collection, like they've done in the past. Also, oh, can I, um, I want to reply to Ben's comment. I like that. I have more context about the Phantom Ranger. Yes. But I feel like he was more of a side, like a B character. Like in a the side yeah. main character. Yeah. 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 And again, it, and that's what frustrates me about the marketing. Don't yeah. advertise this as an origin story for the Phantom Ranger. And, and it is because he gets the power Ruby at the end and he's flung forward in time and connects with Zordon. So yes, in a way that they do say, but the marketing made it felt like we're yeah. doing a deep dive into Phantom Ranger. And it, it wasn't that. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, you know, the way they made it seem like, 
It was like, oh, we're gonna. I thought we were gonna like see a face reveal or something or like a, a name, you know, any anything. But and that's what frustrated me. He's like, well, I have a name. It's and then they cut him off. But hold on, hold on. And now is that for the joke or that we don't know his name? What name could he have said that would have been satisfying? It would have been an alien name. It would have been dumb. Mm. That's the unfortunate thing. I think we've gotten to the point where now, whatever they do say, it's not going to matter. That's why they're maintaining this. Because I remember in that interview with Frank Gogol, it said, you can say any name and it'll disappoint half the fan base. So you have to keep that mystery. I just don't like how they made that a throwaway line in this one. Yeah, Yeah. um, I'm glad they didn't say who exactly he was because... Either way, yeah, like... All we know from this is that he was part of the Morphin Master race, and he was a scientist that discovered the greater Morphin Grid. That's it. I'm Justin's uh, time-displaced dad. Yo. <laughs> to, to be fair, Yo. they didn't actually... I, yeah, I, like, I don't think they actually said that he was part of their race, did he? Or did they? No, they, they, he was he was working with Chendal. He was... The, the suit was just like his astronaut suit to go into the morphing grid. That's all it was. But did they say that he was from that time or era? Because they could easily, they could do this weird paradox thing where he's actually like oh, man, a future Power Ranger. Now you're and then he goes back in time. Yeah. And then he goes back in time and then he creates, or he doesn't create, but he discovers the morphing grid so that uh. the Power Rangers then can be made. No, so, I... Yeah. <laughs> That would be something, wouldn't it? Blimey. That would be a mind screw. Yeah. That's like Doctor Who level of... Wow. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I know Tyler said that he had to go, like, in chat. Like, he said he'll be right back. That was an hour ago. So, if you haven't heard Tyler in a while, just for our audience listening, it's because he's dealing with his toddler. I hope he comes back. <laughs> Because I kind of want to wrap this up and I, I don't want to leave him him out of it. Hey guys, what did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I genuinely hope he's okay. Yeah, he's uh he said not gonna be able to make it for the end of the pod. Thanks oh, for oh, having me on though. Okay. Yeah. So we can we can move on. Like the thing that I've not taken away, but like the one good thing that I will look at and I'll be like, wow, that is amazing, is genuinely the cover art. Yeah. Like yeah. Dan's art for those yeah. cover oh arts. Oh my God. Um, all the variants where they did the villain variants, like we got a Roxy from Beast Morphers cover, yeah. which was yeah. sick. I picked up the Gold Ranger variant. That one was cool. I haven't seen all the variants, but the cover art was amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there were a few good things, but ultimately for me, like I, I feel worse uh, than I did about Beyond the Grid. I think Beyond the Grid is better than this. I'm not blaming, like I said sure. at the beginning, I'm not blaming the writer or the artist. Um, it's just a bad situation. Do you think, yeah, do you think it's, it's better awful. than um, Draken New Dawn? Oh, yeah. this is way oh, no, better no. than Dragon New Dawn. That yeah. was garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't know because, like, I I enjoyed reading Dragon New Dawn. I didn't really like Jason in it, or sorry, the Prison Ranger. Uh, if you haven't read it, <laughs> my bad. Um, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I just really didn't. It's enjoy frustrating. This. I really didn't enjoy this. Say you're a new reader and you're like, yeah. oh wow, I haven't seen Power Rangers in like 25 years. 
um, oh, Power Rangers Universe. This is probably going to be a massive crossover like that Shatter Grid thing that came out a while ago. Nope. And then nope. you pick up that first issue, you're going to be thinking, what the what? What is an Aaliyah? Yeah. What, what is, is an, Ar- an Ori Soren? Um, I would say I'm a pretty like avid fan of the comics. And even I was reading this thinking, what the hell is this? Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I really didn't enjoy it. Yeah. We'll, we'll give our final thoughts. Yeah. I kind of feel the same as you, Callum. I don't know if it's better or worse than Beyond the Grid. Now, maybe I like Beyond the Grid a little bit more. It's just that you you can you can see just how sloppy this was handled, mm-hmm. unfortunately. All you can do is sort of like move forward. But the characters, I don't I just don't care for them. I liked the blue emissary before we found out who the blue emissary truly is. Yeah, that's another thing as well. It taints my view of the yeah. series because yeah. I had yeah. like a really high view of them, and I was like, "Wow, these are awesome!" But now that I know their backstory, I'm a bit like, "Oh, okay, they're okay." Yeah, yeah. That last retcon where it's like they're hinting that these are the emissaries, and then you have Nicole saying that these are the emissaries, mm. really screws up with what Ryan established. Because he created those emissaries. Right. And it it really screws with the overall lore of the emissaries really badly. But here's the thing. What they could have also done was not hint that they are the emissaries. Just say that they're... Because if they are a more uh, a race of Morphin Masters, just make yeah. them a separate branch. Don't hint that, oh no, yellow, blue, and red go off. And that don't imply that those are the emissary emissaries. Just say that they're a different offshoot. I know they were trying to connect it, but they failed. And also, with the emissaries, they view themselves as lesser than the Morphin Masters, don't they? Right, yeah, because sure? that's the whole point of the emissaries, and that's what Ryan's lore was, is that the Morphin Masters are at top, and the emissaries were beings that were created by the Masters to middlemen. conduct their business. They're the yeah, middlemen. to look after the Morphin Grid. So for them to be Morphin Masters, but then be turned into emissaries, it doesn't... Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't jive. Add up. Like in Kyle's yeah. run, when Zordon like pleads with them, he's like, "Look, I had to. I, had to I need an audience and... with the mm-hmm. Morphin Masters." And, they, and, and they he's like, him. "Bro, we can't do that." Right. Despite me liking everything that came together, the ending is the biggest problem for me mm-hmm. of yeah. this of this miniseries because it contradicts what Kyle built up. It contradicts with what Ryan built up especially in an ongoing run, because this came out during Eltarian war mm-hmm. yep. and it's supposed to give context and you already have Ryan establishing that lore. And that's, you know, when, when X Picard from um, Ranger wiki did that panel where he took Kyle's explanation from power Rangers, when, when Z, um, when Z and, and Trini were talking, discussing about the, the the emissaries and the imperial splitting off it completely contradicts the end of this miniseries and that's what frustrates me if if this was a self-contained thing that ending would have been fine but it's not and it's the editor's yeah. job as the overseer of that universe to connect these dots not make more confusion look yeah. i no longer want to throw the book so that's an improvement okay i just want to put it i just okay. want to put it i just i just want to put it away and not like deal with it anymore 
see, I'm in a I'm in a different boat because I think I told you guys when I spoke to you last that I still have a couple issues that's in my pull folder at my comic book shop. Now, after reading this last night, I want to pick those up, yep. you know, and actually add it to my collection. Um, and you know, I'll just say my final thoughts. I thought this was solid. Um, I thought it was better in one read. That's why I was able to kind of just like forget a lot of like the flaws, but the flaws definitely stuck out more during this conversation. Um, but I know if I revisit this again, I'm, it's going to be the same format. I'm going to make my time. I'm going to yep. have my little drink. And I'm just going to go, I'm going to skim through, like not skim, but I'm going to read it, but I'm not going to pay attention to the characters. I don't really care about, you know, what's happening with them. I Say their names. Huh? Say their I, names. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Like, it's for me, it's for me, like when I read this, for me, all I just got was just like important, like cliff notes. That's what this yeah. was. Art-wise, this is a little confusing, but I got the cliff notes. And again, I really hope Boom takes this as a learning lesson because, again, you yeah. got people like me who I put the dots together from a store perspective, and I'm good at picking apart when things are not going right upstairs outside of the story. Boom. I'm one of those people. So yeah. you got to get get the house in order so we don't have this happening again. And, you know, even, you know, you guys are saying, yes, they kind of botched it where, you know, with the Morphin Masters and the Emissaries. For me, I think there is room for them to maybe retcon or improve on the story. Again, I, I don't know. Like I was being... wondering if Melissa was going to do something like that. Sure. Exactly. So I don't like being definitive when it comes to comic books at all, because, um, because it's just, always changing. It's always changing. So, um. I thought this was solid. I hope this is a learning lesson for Boom. Hopefully, Melissa, you know, does something to kind of give some more clarity. Maybe I'm, I might triple dip and get the hardcover. Who knows? Maybe because. But other than that, I, I thought this was was cool. I think I liked it more in one sitting, and um, I think I'm able to forgive a lot because sure. of just everything that was happening upstairs. I, I get it. It was a very weird time when all of this stuff had to come out. Yeah. I feel very bad for Frank for Gogol. I feel bad for Andal Finger because she was put in a very compromising spot. So I'm giving a lot of grace. You know, the fans yeah. can be a little bit more forgiving because I can only imagine there's people, I always say this, there's a section of a fandom that does not pay attention to what's happening, right. you know, on the internet. We get that. Like just from our, our listener numbers, there's so many people that listen to this show that, aren't even on social media. I, I just heard from a guy from YouTube who commented on our channel. He's never interacted with us before, but he's like, I love all the stuff that you guys put out. And, yeah. um, and Mason told me uh, a friend of the show, Mason, he sent me a message saying he went to this comic shop and he was like, the comic shop guy was like, Hey, do you, cause he was talking with him and power Rangers came up and he's like, Hey, have you listened to this power Rangers podcast, Ranger command power hour? And Mason was like, listen to it. I've been on it. And they like, when he yeah. told me that I'm like, there's so many people out in the world. And that's why I'm saying that the online fandom for power Rangers, the sp the active fandom on Twitter and social media is such a small percentage of yeah, the people out yeah. there because how can Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, how can this comic series stick around for six years and more 
and over a hundred issues plus all these specials if there aren't more people than than the vocal ones that are talking about it right there's an audience out there you know you're right ro i think she was put in an unfair position and mm-hmm. she was kind of thrown into this at the last minute and she had to come up with the the an outline from notes from like one or two issues so mm-hmm. she was in a very tough spot and i don't blame her at all and i i don't think anyone should be throwing hate at her it's just she was dealt a bad hand anyways i want to finish up the episode because we got some questions from ranger nation but i want you guys to listen because mason's son axel recorded a mini review for us of power rangers universe and you guys have to hear this so i'm going to share my screen uh with sound this is going to be the most adorable thing that you'll ever hear. So here we go. Hi, Ranger Command Power Hour. My name is Axel, and I am seven years old. Today, I want to talk about the Phantom Ranger in the Power Ranger Universe series. The Phantom Ranger is one of my favorite characters. I gotta be honest, though. The whole Morphinaw thing did not make too much sense to me. But the Phantom Ranger powers coming from Dark Spectre was pretty cool. I wish they put a name behind the helmet, like Billy or even Matt, but I don't think we'll ever see that. The new Ranger team is a fun way to give the Morphin Masters a backstory. All in all, I give this series a 9 out of 10 for lots of action. Thanks Ranger Command, I love you podcast. When when can we when can we get him on here? Yeah. (laughs) We use a little bit of healing. Oh my god. I want to thank Mason so much for that because because he's told me that Axel loves listening to Ranger Command. Like whenever they're in the car, he loves listening to us. And that's why that's why from day one, I've always bleeped our swears because I know Power Rangers is a kid's brand and there's a potential for kids to listen. And the reason that that Mason lets Axel listen to this podcast is because he knows that and he trusts us. Yeah. Um, so when Mason came to me and said, hey, Axel loves you guys so much, he wants and he reads the comics. He reads the comics. He watches Dino Fury. Uh, he's so excited for Cosmic Fury. And when Mason said that Axel wanted to record something for the podcast, I was like, 100%. When could we get him on the show? I'll have to work with Mason on that. But yeah. Yeah. You know what? Um, that was wholesome. Yeah. It was wholesome. And you know what? It It's a nice reminder that it's not just about this older folk. Because I know when you yeah. hang around on the internet a lot, there's like kind of like a reputation. Yeah, we get yeah. jaded. Like it's like, oh, it's 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 for us. You know, we've grown up with this thing, but nah, man, it's it's the kids. It's still it's the kids that's still keeping this thing going, man. So I'm not gonna lie, I got a smile on my face. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. S- salute. He's a very smart guy. Because if I read this book at seven, <laughs> I don't think. Or attempted to. I mean, I don't think I would have gotten a fraction of what he just said. So I'm 40 and I struggled with this book month to month. (laughs) He's he's more coherent than me. Like, wow. Very uh, very articulate. Well done, Axel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Axel, that that was an amazing review. and, And we appreciate you.
But we're, we are going to go to the older audience with our Ranger Nation <laughs> answers, where we asked, what Back was to a- some broken people? <laughs> <laughs> we're all a little broken. I, I, I love that we're on camera just so I can see Roe crack up because that's, <laughs> I, I love seeing that's Ro 90% like, of what I'm why I'm because yeah, I yeah. know I'm gonna I'm gonna break him. <laughs> So we asked, what was a highlight or low light of Power Rangers Universe miniseries for you? On Twitter, we got Chris Morningstar at CWK34 who said, highlight for me is canonizing the Die Ranger suits even more into the franchise, setting up the possibility of getting the Rangers in Lightning Collection eventually. Favorite part, though, is Squadron Black as their sixth Ranger. We will never get them in Lightning. I we want have, them. <laughs> we, I know, I know, I know. Just give a pack. We're yeah, it's not it's not gonna happen. We have not Sorry, gotten just, just the another Omegas. thing about black as well. In the concept art, it says his um animal is yeah, is a hippogriff, but there's no mention of animals in the not in the at book, all, right? Yeah, so that's a shame. That's why when Boom Studios gave us the first look and we released those images. Originally, it had the graphic with those names, Griffin and, you know, all their animals. And then when it got out, they said, whoa, 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 replace it with this image where we don't say any of that. And now I know why is because they never even touched upon the concept of the Thunder Zords, which is why they should have expanded this a couple more issues. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Sorry for bringing that up at the end. I just, I just realized that the black, yeah, um, it's sort of like a throwaway ranger. Like, there's no connection between him and the actual like die rangers, which is a shame. And it was very hard to see his helmet. There was only one yeah. clear shot of his helmet when he did like a a turn, and you saw the full helmet in in the comic issue. Yeah. So we got. X Picoud from uh, Ranger Wiki said uh, a low light would be the missed opportunities to connect the stuff we did get to see in Power Rangers season two to Power Rangers universe, a missed opportunity to retroactively say Zordon powered up the dinosaurs with ancient technology stemming from the powers of the Morphin masters slash squadron Rangers themselves circling back and tying everything desperate together once and for all. The highlight is that the Die Ranger suits were used for something major. Mm. That sounds like a completely surface take, I know, but essentially canonizing any unused Sentai is a win. And them being the mm. first Ranger team, not only on Earth, but well, ever, is probably the greatest callback Power Rangers has ever done to unused material. It helped to fill in that gap a lot of fans were aching to have filled, and it did it in a way that helped expand the Power Rangers mythos. Mm. Mm. almost as articulated as axel yes <laughs> almost but almost. not there yeah um but yeah i'd, I'd agree with that yeah uh, there's still there's still time for zordon to use their powers sure. i suppose because yeah. we haven't even well oh we did we do have the thunder zords what am i thinking uh, they could always mention it i i would love to yeah. see yeah. melissa mention something like that but they could be it could be like another OGN in like 2023 or something, you know. <laughs> uh I, I do want another OGN at some point. Yeah, I, I did. I inevitable. miss them. I miss them. I miss the annuals. I love those short stories. Oh man, those annuals yeah. are fire. 
Those are amazing. Ash at Deoxy360 said the story was all over the place. I know that there's some behind the scenes stuff that affected that, but I feel like whatever the writer is trying to do, it couldn't be done in six issues. Seeing mm. the Die Ranger suits in the comics was cool, but the buildup to get there took forever. Maybe that's fixed in the trade back collection. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, Shadow Ray at underscore Shadow Ray 22 said, I like the idea of these characters becoming the emissaries, but it contradicts lore and backstory that was established mm. pretty recently in the main comics. Steven Martinez at Random 90s Fan said, Oh, where do I start? Cosmic <laughs> Ranger at Cosmic Ranger 006 said, uh, The story was all over the place, but the lore building was phenomenal. Ari at three Ezekiel said the low light for me was the convoluted origin story for power ranger. And the highlight was the portal tech similar to Stargate. <laughs> LOL bro. completely went off. He said the ranger slayer series was terrible. The emissary series took too long to get where it needed to go. The Tangerine Ninja Turtles comic series are fun. The Corone series was okay. I'm sorry. I just had to vent all of that out. LOL. And I, I even, I'm like, we're not even talking about the other ones. <laughs> he just went off. Yeah. Beam battle at Koa Henshin said, wasted setup for the die suits, a cast that was flat, boring, or just a waste of art. Told it was about the Phantom Ranger, instead got an unlikable cast. Nothing exciting happened. It was a waste of six months, but the die suits, which are now wasted and whatever that was to be. Rocky at Rocky 2815 Golden said, it's been a while since I finished reading the miniseries, so my memory is a bit fuzzy, but from what I remember, I thought it was okay slash good. It was cool to see the Die Ranger suits getting used, even if it was brief. Also, the repainted white suit for the Phantom Ranger. While a simple repaint, I thought it was cool, and I hope we get lightning collection figures of the Morphinaut repaint Phantom Ranger and all of the Squadron Rangers. Oh, we one hundred percent will get them off. Not that's not even it's not yeah, even a the question. The mold's already done. It's just yeah, convention will, exclusive repaint. There you go. Yep, yeah, they'll one hundred percent be doing that. Joel at Thespis Punk said, "I really loved all of the characters in the Squadron team." Also, the morphing moments throughout the series are some of my favorites. I do wish there was more clarity on how this impacts the larger universe in regards to them as the emissaries and the people in the grid. George's Ranger Reviews at Ranger Reviews said, I think it's a solid story that provides clarity to a lot of things with too short narrative length. We should have gotten to see this team be Rangers for months or years, not two days. Otherwise, it fills a lot of the gaps, like the Morphin Masters being an entire race with different factions who live within the grid and not just six evolved people in the present. And the best clarity ever that all morphers are connected to the grid through crystals inside them that resonate with other crystals. It also firmly explains Phantom Ranger's origins alongside Edge of Darkness and that he's literally quite made of crystals too. He doesn't have an identity or a human form and I love that. The coolest thing it gives us is insight into Dark Spectre being an entity with countless host bodies across the multiverse. Six out of ten. Seven Headmaster 93 said how short it was and the Black Ranger seemed pointless, but I did enjoy learning who these guys are. I still have yet to read issues five and six because my comic shops never got them in, so I can't comment on the story. I'm just bummed that we'll never see the Japanese Die Ranger suits all together because of MMPR White but I'm still happy. At least we finally get the suits in power Rangers. 
Uh, we got a couple more here on Facebook. Charlie Niemeyer said the art was very inconsistent and downright confusing at times. The story ended up getting changed so much that the issues did not match the solicitations, which boom never updated. The story had some real pacing issues and could be as confusing as the art in places. I understand there's behind the scenes shenanigans requiring rush changes, but this ended up being a very disappointing miniseries overall, considering the amount of hype Boom had given it when it was announced. And finally on Instagram, Gorev0492 said, honestly, the Phantom Ranger was both the highlight and the low light of this miniseries to me. So that was a lot. At the time of this episode's release, Power Rangers Universe hardcover is released. You can find print copies of this hardcover at your local comic shop or on Amazon. You can use Comic Shop Locator to find your nearest comic shop. You can also pick this up digitally. Alternatively, you can go out and buy 17 rolls of toilet paper and get the same wow. benefit. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No. I, I had that one in the chamber. Holy <laughs> You can choose to keep it or whatever. I don't know. Uh, upcoming, we have Mighty Morphin Power Rangers issue 102 coming out November 23rd. We have Mighty Morphin TMNT number two issue one coming out December 28th, 2022. And we've got the Go Go Power Rangers volume one deluxe hardcover also coming out at the end of this month in November, which I said before contains the exclusive Rita short story called The Price of Ambition. So I want to give everyone a chance to uh, plug their work. Uh, I'll speak to uh, Tyler. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Stormbreaker-er. Uh, you can also catch him on the upcoming Dads Are Dorks podcast, and you can find them at Twitter at Dads Are Dorks. You can find me at Dr. Ben MD. I'm on Twitter for now, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But everybody, please, you know, stay safe. Please get your COVID booster if you haven't already, and uh, get your flu shot if you haven't already. Yeah, this is going to be a bad flu season. So please make my job easier. 100%. Yes. Ro, where can people check you out? You could check me out on Twitter, Roll of a Queen underscore. You can check me out on YouTube, Roll of a Queen Reviews. This is hibernation time for me. Um, sure. So I'm just working on content, but I don't think I'll be putting out anything for the rest of the year. You can check out the Comics Code Authority podcast. Um, we will be back once my hibernation season is over. Sure. But yeah, that's about it, y'all. Awesome. And Callum, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Lightning Collection on Instagram, PRL Collective on Twitter, and the Lightning Collective podcast, all of which have been very quiet for the past, oh, I don't know, a solid while. Um, but the podcast will be coming back later this month as someone reached out to me and they would like an interview. I was very shocked to receive that message, but oh, wow. um, I won't say who so yet. Ooh. Yeah, I won't say who yet. Um, you can but, tell us offline okay we'll do um but yeah very <laughs> shocked i did some digging they are real um and i'm gonna be fangirling because uh yeah wow. they, they were one of the very few first things i saw about power rangers so i'm very excited it's me <laughs> <laughs> oh man 
and then you guys can find me on Twitter at trekkieb 47 and on Instagram at trekkieb 47 Also, uh, catch me on Twitch. I'm starting to bring that back at twitch.tv slash trekkieb 47 I'm going to be doing some more design streams. I'm going to be doing some more lunchtime gaming because I'm doing a whole new standing desk setup. I'm going to have a whole new streaming setup. It's going to be awesome. I think that's it. Ranger Nation. Let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and on Instagram and Facebook at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. I want to thank Ben, Roe, Callum, and Tyler earlier. Thank you guys so much for joining. This is always a blast to talk with Wait, you can guys. Wait, I, can I just throw something in here real quick? Yeah, yeah. Hey, man, we, we need a name for this local conglomerate. I'm sorry. We need a name. We need a name. We need a name. We've been doing this for a while. I think it's time that we 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 brand this. You know, this could be yeah. a- <laughs> the Ranger Command Comic Squad. We're we're the you know Comic what? Squadron. Ooh, <laughs> we're the Ranger Command Comic Squadron. Boom. Do we have All a morph right. call? It's morphing time. <laughs> Eric. Yeah, fine. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. It's comics time. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So to all of our listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, This has been a blast and we'll catch you on the next Ranger Command Power Hour. And thank you, Eric, for doing all of this. For real. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at RangerCommandPowerHour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to Patreon.com slash RangerCommandPH to learn more. Thanks for listening.